0: Hello, everyone and welcome back to the state of the arc podcast we had some technical difficulties this week the power went out in the middle of our recording so luckily we still have all or most of our a cam footage the wide angle but we lost the the first half of the podcast we lost the footage from uh, the close-up angles so we only have that one camera angle for this week. I apologize for that. You know, it's just another thing we have to have a contingency plan for if the power goes out and we uh, we lose footage because it becomes corrupted. That's something that we'll hopefully be able to, you know, sidestep in the future. Um, but yeah, that's the reason why we only have the one camera angle for this week. So apologize for that and uh, hopefully it won't happen again. Thanks, everybody. Today, we played, or la- I guess last time we left off right when the Goliath got shot down yeah, and, yeah. and crashed into the Yggdrasil 2.
1: And, <laughs> and no Faye... damage to the Yggdrasil 2. I assume the Goliath's blown up, but the Yggdrasil is fine. Seems fine. Not really much of an explanation for how you, that happened. Usually the bigger ship would be the one that suffers less damage. Yes. But,
0: you know, However, Um Faye and Ellie were separated. They're kind of trapped on, like, a abandoned... Broken frigate thing that's yeah. floating out in the middle of the it's ocean. Like a,
1: it's just like a square. It's like a block.
0: Yeah, and they only have uh, rations enough for a couple of days. Have yeah. to start fishing to survive.
1: Now this is the weirdest thing. So they're like, we only have so much food, and we only have two days worth of food. Um, Ellie doesn't seem worried about that. No, because we're like, oh, we gotta, catch, <laughs> we gotta catch some fish. So, <laughs> so. Um, Faye just jumps in the water, and it's the funniest scene ever. A fish is hopping, yeah. and he's jumping around he's trying like, to catch. Oh, it. son of a! Like trying to <laughs> grab it, <laughs> and Ellie here. is like, "Faye, stop doing this. Everything's fine." But I don't get where she comes off saying that, other than she had some like secret little rations packed away, yeah. like in her belt or something.
0: I don't know if it's so much that she's not concerned about their survival as it is that she's just preoccupied with other things. That are a little more important on her mind at this moment. At the moment. Than catching a fish.
1: But she's <laughs> and, like telling him not to catch the fish. Though. She's like, don't catch it. And well, then he catches it and she's she, like, don't eat it. <laughs> she also thinks
0: they're going to get sick eating it or whatever. She's well, like, well she, assumes. Had,
1: she has a point, but I'm just saying, they're stuck at sea. Like, who knows what's yeah. going to happen. Don't tell the person trying to fish to stop fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it kind of cuts back and
0: forth here. We go to... Rico and Bart and Saitan for a bit, yeah, yeah. back to Ellie and Fay for a bit, and so we get a few cuts back and forth. But I, I, the notes that I wrote down are it's funny how Rico, well, even Fay later on, don't seem to realize Hmm. that it was Bart who shot them down. I
1: know, and (laughs) it does come out eventually, yes, but yeah, initially they're just like, Man, that was crazy, something happened. I, I understand why Rico wouldn't know, especially, I guess, if
0: they didn't see the Yggdrasil.
1: Yeah, while they, they were just crashing. detected but the even even had
0: they seen that Rico doesn't know who Bart is. So they true. just end yeah, up getting true. rescued by this submarine and yeah. he's like going to meet the guy who saved mm-hmm. them. And then Bart essentially real or, or I guess he kind of inadvertently lets it out yeah. that he used Bart missiles on them, <laughs> and shot them down. <laughs> and he's <laughs> <laughs> And Rico oh, I love Bart missiles. Rico does not like that, so it's kind of a humorous scene. He like jumps on him, like I won't forgive you so easily. and starts like beating him up. Yeah, that's you know, what Rico does. But you know, then we cut back to Faye and Ellie, and they see the uh, the same object flying. Yeah, the in the, uh, the UFO
1: looking thing, right?
0: That he saw in the desert. Yeah, and they finally clarify now what that is.
1: Yes, yes,
0: that's actually Shavat, which is a another. flying city. (laughs) And Ellie,
1: the way Ellie mentions it, Ellie says, yeah, we don't really contact them. We don't have much to do with them. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. So there's another super highly advanced groups of people that are traveling around doing stuff that Solaris has no control over. Possibly their technology might even surpass Solaris'. I don't know. But they've got a force field and they're like floating around like UFO stuff. So it's like the Solarians don't from what we've heard of the um, the gazelle ministry, they don't seem to be concerned with these Shavat people just floating around all the time, going everywhere back and forth. Yeah. Seemingly possessing very superior technology. And they're just like, whatever. All we care about is the lambs and our stuff. That's we
0: it. will soon learn a lot more about Solaris and Shavat's yeah. history and their, I guess, relations with each other mm. soon. So, okay. Uh, won't dive into that just yet, but yes, at this point, well, it's like Shabbat's a total mystery. However, yeah, but we we did get one, yeah, yeah there's one thing here. Wise Man did, yes, tell Faye before leaving yeah. the battling arena and everything that his father had been in the military of Shabbat, yeah, and so the, and, and he was kind of saying, Hey, are you gonna go there? You know, if you escape, are you gonna go to Shabbat? He's like, Oh, I don't know, like. I'm not, we got other things that we're worried about right now, but like, yeah, I, I suppose if there's time, sure, and if it like made sense, yeah, I would like to go there and find out what my
1: origins and are. And <laughs> also, what is it, and how do you get there? Yes, that's probably the biggest question because yes. Ellie, Ellie talks does not about it. Know how to get no, because she's like, it's like a country. Mm-hmm. There's the, uh, this little floating thing is a country, yeah, and it's just floating around. Yep, and that's interesting. It, it typically kind of goes around in what's
0: called, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. It's, it's a weird word. Akavi, which yes. is the region that we spend most of our okay. time in during this particular play session that we did. Yeah. It's that like southwestern continent slash archipelago uh, that like the Ethos headquarters is at and the orphanage, Billy's orphanage and yeah, all that stuff. That down, down kind of, kind of the of, southwest yeah. region. That's mm-hmm. the Akavi region. And Shavat, she's saying, spends most of its time kind of surveying that place. But every time, like maybe an important mission comes up, it'll come over here to Ignis, which is where it flew low. Yes,
1: and it was really low. And uh, Faye saw it there in the desert. Yeah, because Faye mentions, Faye's like, whoa, it's way at a different altitude than when I saw it. And Ellie's like, oh, that's funny. It's usually, whenever I see it, that's where it usually is. So that shows that it was actually flying lower when Faye first saw it. That's interesting.
0: And going into a region it doesn't typically go into. So, Anyways, Mm. that's Shavat. We will learn a lot more about Shavat soon. Um, So then it cuts away from that scene. Um, I really like the transition there though because it it looks up into the sky at Shavat and then it pans down and you're seeing Bart looking up at the same thing. So it's it's showing they're in a pretty close proximity in the ocean, but when you're in the ocean it's like you're a mile or two off. You You assume you're just in the middle. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, where they're at. That's why it's hard to find people who are lost at sea, right? Um, It's just so vast. And so, you know, Bart's nearby. He sings Shabbat in the Sky. Really nice transition. They do a beautiful job at that throughout the game, those those transitions to different scenes with the camera. Um, But here, uh, Bart is encouraged again. Go apologize, please, to the people you shot down. Make it up (laughs) to them. (laughs) And he struggles with apologizing. I like that that's a characterization yeah. or, or an aspect of his character that's been really consistent. He really struggles with it. So he, you go and find uh, Saitan and Rico. You can, I guess you can do... I don't know if you have to go to Saitan first. Probably do, but he's in, like, the hangar where all, they keep all of the, the gears at. And he has a question, Bart does, specifically for Saitan. He asks him, you know, this Yggdrasil 2 that we're on now... Mm. Um, you know, my, my father or grandfather, whoever it was told me uh, that there was another one. Right. So right. we knew that it existed, but there's a, a, a different crest on this vessel that I don't recognize. Yeah. He's like, do you know what that, what, whose crest that is? Cause that's not the Fatima royal crest. That's not the Ave, you know, insignia. Mm-hmm. Like whose is that? And, and this is where, um. Saiten tells him that that's actually Shavat's insignia, hmm. Shavat's crest. Interesting. So the technology that is used in the Yggdrasil uh, submarines came from Shavat originally. Hmm. And so Bart gets curious about that. He's like, oh man, I'd really like to, you know, meet the people who built this. And then Saiten kind of mentions underhandedly, actually they may be closer to you than you suspect.
1: Yeah, almost <laughs> implying that, like, he's the one that built it. Maybe. <laughs> like, maybe I don't know how else to read that. <laughs> <laughs> right, like somebody or but maybe, you know. But Satan doesn't seem that old to me, though. And sure. I don't know when these things were built. Right. I don't know really how old he is, but he's, it's, it seems like 30-ish, maybe. Right. He's 29. 29? Satan's 29. Okay. The, so I was talking about this if with... If <laughs> he built the Yggdrasil, it would have been a really long time ago. Sure, Anyways,
0: he says, Shoat may be closer than you actually suspect," and Bart's like, "Hey, what was that?" Like, and he's like, uh, "Don't worry about it. Eh, go find Rico. <laughs> uh, just be careful, because you might get more than a bruise this time." Right. You know? Yeah. And I really liked that that next uh, interaction with Rico. You go find him. He's he's next to his gear, and he's really fascinated. By the fact that the engineers on this vessel are like so good with gears, he's like, man, oh, I thought yeah. only me and Faye were the ones who could be this good at piloting gears. Oh yeah, gears. yeah, yeah. Because he's been stuck in D block his whole life. He's I know, never been We've outside a bunch in the of prisoners. world. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't know that there are like legit uh, you know, uh, gear pilots out there, and right, you know, all this stuff he's not aware of. And so you know he's Bart's trying to apologize, and Rico's like, "What are you apologizing for? I already took care I know. of that before."
1: <laughs> it was kind of it was a funny situation too. It was funny that like uh, the the way the apology works out, Rico kind of it's like he you already paid for yes. what you did. Yes, right. You've already <laughs> suffered the consequences. It's We're over. We're cool now. I like we can be friends now. <laughs> I don't dwell on the past. It's over now. I love that. It's That's already, I almost yeah. like when you're living in a prison next to people who you're constantly fighting with, you, yeah. you have to have that type some point, of, you can't yeah. hold a grudge, you're both just gonna end up killing each other. You have to be near each other, you have to see each other, you have to like learn to figure things out, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely, um, I, I believe that Rico is a type eight on the Enneagram of Personality. Oh, yeah. It fits right in with that. It's like, they definitely get real hot mm. and they'll seek vengeance and, and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like, once it's done, they can kind of just let it go. Yeah, and it's, it's over. Like it's taken yeah. care of. It's like in the past. I'm not focused on that anymore. Like we're done with that now. That's funny. That's <laughs> it's already over. So I really like that uh, little tra- or that little interaction between the two of them. <laughs> um, good stuff. So then we cut back to Faye and Ellie again as they're sitting on the deck of the frigate. It's at night time. Uh, so the shot kind of starts out in the ocean and it kind of pulls back.
1: It does. I couldn't tell what was happening at first (laughs) because it's really dark, right? Yes. And you got that blue kind of fractal, just, it's supposed to, you know, it's the water and you can tell because you hear the sound, but it also just looks kind of hypnotizing a little bit and it's just waving. It's just kind of moving there, just Mm. kind of chilling and you're reading quite a bit of text before the camera ever pulls back to actually reveal them. And my initial thought was like, oh no, Disc Two has <laughs> begun. <laughs> I'm just reading text, watching this like psychedelic background, and oh, is does it start is, is now? This where it starts? No, Not no. Quite. As soon as the camera pulled back, I was like, oh, that was actually a nice touch. That was nice. <laughs> I think, I think he he held it on the ocean a little too long, yeah. and a lot of it was me getting a little nervous because I, I I'm aware Anticipating of how when the, the game, is the gonna... Disc Two kind of <laughs> goes within this game, but. It was actually really artistic and really well done. I liked it a lot, and and I love the dialogue here. Yes, me too. It's I, it's a
0: fantastic scene I put for like a number of reasons. Some notes here. Yeah. Well, why don't you read some of yours? I'm yeah. So my
1: initial got. one. Um, well, okay. I don't. I don't have the whole conversation. Did you want to go through the whole thing or just no, no, a few excerpts? No, no, no. Okay.
0: I copied the parts but yeah. not the whole thing. Yeah.
1: So I copied a, a few parts specifically, but Ellie and Faye, they're just kind of having a heart-to-heart just talk about everything because Ellie's saying, like, hey, I think I'm going to leave the military yeah. and just try to, like, get on with my life in a different way, you know, do yeah. something else that I enjoy doing instead of this, which I don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, Faye bring, Faye's like, are you sure you can go back? And yeah. she's like, eh, no one knows what I did. Mm-hmm. And that, you know... That ends up not being true pretty soon here. But as far as she knows, nobody knows what happened. Um, But as they're talking and as they're kind of exploring each other's weaknesses in general, just like talking each other through just life and just, I don't know, it's a really really genuine chat, I think. Um, Ellie tells Faye, she says, it's okay not to feel whole. And the reason I even bring this up isn't because I necessarily even know what this means, but you keep bringing up (laughs) that being whole and not being not whole. <laughs> uh, is really important to Faye. <laughs> fragmentation. So,
0: yes. So we talked about Enneagram Type Nine. Yes, right, Which is exactly. Faye's personality. Their like biggest fear is fragmentation. Yes. And <laughs> they're not they, being what they not whole. for as is I wholeness. said. Clearly, yeah. wholeness is what they want. That's what they want, yeah.
1: and, and we see that you know um, in pieces throughout the game so far. We've seen yeah. parts of that kind of show up, and he's really upset with how fragmented his life is, and he doesn't like it at all. Yeah. Um, and so here's Ellie saying, "It's okay not to feel whole, even if you only feel partly complete. If you repeat that enough, eventually you will be whole." and a part, a part is better than zero, right? Yeah. So you're, you're not whole, but you have all the parts, right? Yes. So just connect these two. It's like you're doing a thousand piece puzzle. Just do this one. Just connect these two. That's easy enough. You don't have to do all thousand pieces. You don't have to worry about the whole thing. Right. Just put these two pieces together. Yes. Okay, you okay? You did that? Okay, now try and put another one in. Right. All right, cool. Okay, don't it's worry about process. anything else. Okay, now one more, you know? Yeah. And you eventually kind of fill it out. Um, a little bit of that sentence, though, even if you only feel partly complete, if you repeat that enough, eventually it will be whole. I don't know to what extent the um, like ideas of like alchemy and stuff kind of enter within the game. I, I get some sense that it's maybe like loosely connected. Um, but that is kind of the idea of like hermetic alchemy, mm-hmm. is that you just slowly refine yourself. Like the idea of alchemy is you're turning lead to gold or something like that, right? But the, the process of actually doing that, despite you failing and never actually being able to do it, is um, something that reflects on yourself. And you're actually yeah. purifying yourself. Yeah. And you're, making, you're becoming a more whole and a more complete, perfect kind of person. The idea of
0: the refiners. Fire. Exactly,
1: yeah. And that's yeah. kind of an alchemic imagery there a little bit yeah. as they continue with this crazy goal that they have of purifying something to its purest form. Um, and I I get that from Ellie a little bit as she's bringing that up. Yeah.
0: Um, I kind of wanted to bring this up because I feel like the game has done a really great job with consistent... um, What's the word? Like, representation of the characters within their Enneagram types. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly when it comes to like, why they're acting the way they are under stress and pressure ah, versus yes. when they're allowing yes. their true selves to come out, right? Yeah. So Ellie is a type 2, which is the, the helper or the giver, mm-hmm. right? Now, we also talked about how, uh, I'm trying to remember the term, but, like, their stress disintegration. I guess is the term, right? They'll kind of like shift over. The, the, like... the types are connected to each other, right? Yeah. So, like a type nine, when uh, under stress or when under duress, uh, when in their stress integration, will move towards a type six.
1: Okay. Right. The, the negative attributes of right. six, yeah.
0: When their security integration, they'll move towards a three. And um, the positive, so yeah. The type two, which is the helper, right? Their basic fear is being unloved. Their basic desire to feel love, right? Um, So their temptation is to deny their own needs. Um, Their ego fixation is flattery. Their holy idea is freedom and will. Uh, freedom, a big one there. That's something that Ellie feels she feels trapped. She feels she's right because she brought
1: up last time with Faye that oh, yeah. you're so free, and I know. I yeah,
0: I you know, despite all the stuff that you've gone through, the yeah. the, the, the traumatic nature of it, at least you're free. I'm not free. Yeah, you can determine your own future, so to speak. So she, f- throughout the beginning of the game, the mm. whole time she's been under this stress, disintegration, mm-hmm. kind of like portion of her personality, yeah. which goes towards a Type Eight which is the type that Rico is. Oh, right? Oh, yeah. So she would be really aggressive and she would sure.
1: act out that way. That's very accurate. But yeah, that's, that's very... not
0: who she really is. Right. That's who she is in the stress hmm. disintegration process. And she... Under all the pressure of yeah. you know, the the Solaris society, her place as a, a, an element or as a yeah. commander in the Gebler, well, And her father. Um, yeah, her father being part of the military, not yeah. knowing where she's going to belong if she were to... Uh, actually, go against all of this, even though in her heart she knows it's right to do that. All of that pressure was pushing her towards Type Eight, and that's why she was so aggressive. She's holding the gun on uh, Faye yeah. in the beginning, and yeah. and uh, you know acting out. And, and when she takes the drive, you know she gets really like mm-hmm. really um, kind of freaky and aggressive, and, and and you know she's talking about die in all these horrible yes. ways. And so she was really moving towards that Type Eight. This is the first time, I believe, well, partly when she tried to self-sacrifice to save um, Nortoon's citizens, when when she tried to, like, stop the ship from crashing. But right here in this scene, we're really seeing the true form of her personality come out, the, the helper and the giver part, right? That type two personality is really shining through here. And even Faye reveals some things about himself that are really open, true parts of the Type 9 personality. They're really coming into their own as yeah. characters. And that has happened by degrees. They've had to be challenged by the other back and forth multiple yes. times. They've had to then go back and face, you know, uh, people they're allied with and then come mm-hmm. back together and, like, you know, once again, like, challenge each other. No, this is not you. And yes, this is not you. Like, I feel like I've known you mm-hmm, longer yeah. than we really wish. Yeah, they and, bring up again here, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I really love the scene because it's really bringing those characters around. It's like you've had this really steady progression and pressure and, and conflict that's driving them, and now they're finally coming into, uh, growing into who they really are together. And yeah. it's a really beautiful scene.
1: Well, I like that. You've got also the, um, she's the helper and the giver, right? Yeah. And one of the scenes, one I don't know if you put a note on this here, but one of the um, parts of this whole conversation they have that actually stood out to me quite a bit um, is when she gives him the food. Yes. Because she says a thing or two there, and I can read that right here. Yeah. Um, so she's like, here, I've got some of these military rations. You can have one if you want. Mm. And he doesn't li- like it, <laughs> but, like, they have no food, and she's just being nice with what she has. And so he eats it, and she's like, you hated that, didn't you? And he's like, no, no, it was good. <laughs> it was really good. And it was, like, crumbly and just not not how it should be. Um, but then she says, you forced yourself to eat those rations, didn't you? For me to survive, it would have been better to not share it. But watching you eat it, even though it tasted bad, comforted me. I felt glad that I shared it with you. It made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. So that goes along with the giver personality, yes. right? Like it's not just that she gave things, so now she's the giver personality because everyone yeah. gives stuff. It's how she feels About when she it. gives stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like so happy. like she gave like a knot great gift but it was all that she had to somebody that she cared about and it made her feel like super super good and she liked it a lot now so there's an anthropological principle talking about sharing food and this is one of the first things that um you got me like really excited about anthropology back when i took the an anthropology class back at, at university was that when you um give somebody food that was meant for you there's like a part of your soul yeah. That is like in the food, and that transfers to the other person. So, like in a, you know, you can think back thousands of years to where, let's say that there's, um, there's. This is just a typical story. There's a man that goes out to hunt, and then he comes back from hunting. He's got a nice thing that he carried, and then the women had made some food for the hunters when they returned, mm. and they want a specific hunter to eat their food. Uh, like, it's not like, because it's just food, who cares? But when the hunter comes and you offer the food and then the hunter takes your food and eats it, it's as if you're sharing, your souls are like meeting in that moment. Mm, it's as okay. if he's partaking of your soul because when you make the food or when you, you know, share the food, then you are like offering up a part of you yeah. up along. It's not just the food, it's, it's, right. it's a part of you. And to accept that and to eat it is like... A, it's a it's the a bonding thing. bonding experience of yeah. sorts, right? And you can see that. That's just true. It's true. It's so anthropology takes things that are from all different tribes all around the world and finds the commonalities. And this is a commonality mm. between all the different tribes and everybody that when you make something for someone and they like it, it makes you just like through the roof. And I don't know why, because <laughs> food's one of the important things of the yeah. world of life, yeah. right? But the, the being food here and understanding that when Ellie gives something, it's not just the gift. It's like more than that. Yeah. And anthropology helps to explain like what that means.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I wrote down a couple of lines that I want to go through in particular for Faye here. He says, constantly drifting. Sounds like me right now. I've just been drifting around being led by circumstances. And she tries to say like, "What do you mean? Like, you've been helping Bart, and you've been you've been helping me." And so she's she's trying to really help him. Mm-hmm. She's really coming into that type two personality. Yeah, she's like all in on trying to like help him feel better. And he's showing some vulnerability, mm-hmm. and so yes. she's kind of like latching onto that. Yeah, and so he says, "Probably deep inside, I'm not really trying to help. Somehow, I get the feeling that all I've done, I did because I wanted to be needed." That if I did something for them, then maybe I'd have a place to belong. Mm. There's a side of me that uh, comforts itself like that. Now, I haven't done enough sort of research into this Enneagram types to like find out where I would lie on this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've, I've actually been doing more into the... Well, so your wife and yes. my girlfriend, and <laughs> they're really into personality. And, and even Bryce, when he was here, he's really into that, too. Uh, so they
1: were all doing Myers-Briggs and some other things. Yeah. So my wife had me take the anagram just, like, last oh, weekend. Oh, nice. And I'm Do the investigator. The investigator? What type question. is that? Is I can't that? remember. It's a five. I don't know what it means completely. My wife <laughs> does. <laughs> but I'm a five. Yeah, I don't know where I would fall on this. And um, then a nine. I'm a five and a nine. The nine was my next highest Oh, score. the nine was the next the highest one. one. Yeah. yeah, so... But I really,
0: really relate to this idea that Faye is being honest about in in himself. Yeah, yeah. This idea that like the reason I gave so much energy to help other people was really because I just feel a need to be needed by them and if they need me enough then I'll have a place to belong. it's hard to explain that and, and it it's kind of an embarrassing thing when you realize that's why you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like I think that um in our society, like self sacrifice is sort of held as an ideal that's like something people should do, right? You should give up, you should be unselfish, yes. you should be you yes. know, you should put others before yourself. This yes, is something we're taught so. since mm-hmm. we're young. And so uh I think that for people like this, right, um, to realize that the reason that they're really doing it is actually a selfish reason Mm -hmm. is a hard thing to admit. And it's a hard thing to, especially like confess Mm -hmm. to a person who is a type two who really is that way. (laughs) Who really does want to or derives happiness from helping other people. And this type doesn't actually get happiness that way. They just... Think that they will. If, if I do this, then I'll have yeah. a place to belong. Then the thing I that it. I want to I see the I will connection get. you made that's right? interesting.
1: And that's the, these two characters fit really well together in that sense. Yeah. She says that herself too, by the way. She says that it's selfish the way that she feels good when she gives someone else food. Yeah. And they mention that. And she's like, Oh, he's like, So it's a selfish thing? She's like, Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Makes me feel good. <laughs> but I do it anyways.
0: And so he says, That doesn't mean I don't want to help, but. That doesn't mean I really want to help either. It, mm. it feels contradictory, but I so get what he means by that. And, and <laughs> it,
1: but it's because he's so conflicted. It's yeah. because he's neutral, but he he acts as though he does care. But in his mind, he actually can't rationalize a reason to yeah, care. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, that's fascinating. And uh, he goes on to say, it might be, uh, it might not be nothing, but it sure isn't the whole either. And then the whole is in mm. um, quotations. So he's really concerned about wholeness, right? That's that's his. His personality types really like they want wholeness, psychological, spiritual wholeness. They feel fragmented. They're, they're scared of feeling like uh, they're incomplete. Yeah. So Ellie responds to that and says, It's okay not to feel whole. And I think you read this part. Even if you only feel mm-hmm. partly complete, if you repeat that enough eventually, it'll be whole. A part is better than zero. Don't be too hard on yourself. Everyone wants to be needed at times. All of us want to give something inside ourselves to others to be accepted. But little by little, you learn about your own happiness. And someday, you are able to share that important part of you with someone else. Someday. So she's trying to break it down for him. Like, yeah, you know, this might be where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. It's not nothing. Right. It's a process. Yes. And that process will eventually, if you keep, pressing forward will reveal to you what it is that brings you happiness. You will find what that wholeness means for you. And you'll eventually be able to share that whole complete part of yourself with someone else. But you just gotta keep pushing every day and it's okay that right now you aren't there yet. So just a really beautiful moment shared between the two of them as they are stranded out in the ocean. And we're seeing these characters you know, one thing that I've talked about with Final Fantasy in the past is that I don't think that there's a single Final Fantasy game that tried a romance mm-hmm. that I really felt did a great job at it. It's
1: like I would agree with that. There were parts of
0: it that I liked. Yeah. Parts of it that I didn't and when it all came together, I didn't really feel like that romance worked for me.
1: Right. In some ways I feel like these um RPG games are a little too afraid to stray too much into the romantic because yes. their target audience is
0: younger, younger people. people. And but I also know they have this whole plot that they would rather stay focused on and not get too far exactly. off track.
1: The romance is a side like, thing that, that was they don't want. You Yoko don't Taro spoke specifically on that
0: about the uh, main character's relationship with Kaine. Yes, It was like, yes... It exists, but I didn't want to focus on that because yeah. that would take away, in his opinion, from his sort of obsessive pursuit of saving Yona. Yeah, and that's got to be the most important thing to the character, and that's what we got to focus on in the story. And so he didn't—he he put it there as like a sub thing with a lot of subtext, but he didn't really like explore that fully. Right, and I feel like a lot of other RPGs do that too, where it's like, here's a thing, and it's kind of there, but let's get back to the plot again, you know, let's keep driving that yeah. forward. I and bet. here, yeah. they allow the characters to really explore that romantic subplot, Yeah, and I think it's done very beautifully in a way that is, for me, the most convincing of any JRPG romance I've ever seen.
1: Sure, and it's very, um, it's just a more mature kind of yes. way to deal with this kind of stuff. Yes, for Which sure. Which I could say that's true probably about this whole game. Yeah. It just feels a little, a step in maturity, a step above a lot of the other JRPGs of the time, um, which those other JRPGs, I freaking love. Yes. Just <laughs> I think you agree with me. They're <laughs> great. It. It's they're just amazing. the focus is different, and then they're made for a possibly slightly younger audience, but that's yeah. fine. So at the end of this
0: conversation, though, she ends up saying, it just felt as though I've, Told you this same thing a long time ago.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: it must be my imagination now. I, any I character, had that. That was
1: my next one. Yeah. If any character in
0: anything <laughs> says that was just my imagination. It wasn't. It was it real wasn't. for sure. Yeah. It definitely is real. Yeah.
1: It's de- this is how all <laughs> stories <definitely> important. work. <laughs> <laughs> it's this. It's along the lines of oh, um the, the legend legend speaks oh but that's just a fairy tale. Yep. It's like nope. That's true. Well, that's true. What, you 100%. have to believe it. Definitely
0: true. (laughs) So anyways, this is just another example where they feel like they've met before, even though they just recently met and they know each other deeply and how does that make any sense? Must be my imagination. It's It's not. It's not your imagination. We'll learn more about it as we go on. Anyways, great scene. Really loved that scene. That was my favorite part of this particular play session we had. Me too, me too. I just, I took the most notes there. I just thought it was beautifully done and sets up a lot of great stuff coming up too. Okay, so they end up getting saved by uh, a ship slash frigate. I don't know what type of ship you would call
1: it. Um, it almost looks like an oil rig. Like an oil rig, it's own, not, but it's moving. Yeah, and then it, it's just picking up trash from the ocean, <laughs> yep. it seems. It's the Thames. Yes. Um,
0: really love the, the theme music of the Thames, the feeling of, of that ship. Um, some, really, some really great examples of the, the charming humor that I love Mm-hmm. in these games we grew up with I agree, here.
1: yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> uh, I just love it all. The whole thing is just fun to explore, fun to talk to people. The design is cool. Um, it's a great little sequence. Yeah. But, so, uh, they they have a little gag that the, the captain of the yes, ship does, yes. right? where He, he almost kinda, seems he, kind of half-drunk, like,
1: <laughs> most and, of the time. And he
0: mentions that that's why they have the beer hall right next to right the... Right there, Right yeah. next to the... <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, to the cap, not the cap, the the where they I can't control. remember, but it's there's bridge, like eight the levels, bridge. yeah, the bridge.
1: There's like eight levels to this place.
0: So right next to the bridge is the beer hall, and he yeah. even tells you like, we I don't <laughs> want my guys being all stressed out. Like we gotta like loosen up in order to do our jobs or something like it's that. It's so funny. Anyways, it's he has so a funny. little gag where he'll he'll turn towards the camera and talk about being I am a man, a man of the, of the sea. sea, and he goes to the three cameras now. It's, there's very, a little kid, it's very funny There's a little kid on the deck when you first get there, and the get mm. the the Dolphin Man, who is Hans, by the way. So we have Hans and Franz, oh, are the yes. two dolphins, and they're right? both dolphins, yeah. <laughs> Which is a, a, obviously a reference, but exactly. Um, there's a little kid right there, who tries to do this. He's, he, yes. he tries to say, "I'm a man of," but then he, he loses the camera, and he's kind of looking around. Oh, this, <laughs> Oh, I, got, I need more practice <laughs> no i remember that i remember that yeah so funny so funny because he gets the first two and it then on the third round he turns the wrong way and he's like looking <laughs> around like where's the camera at oh there it is oh man i need more practice yeah yeah freaking that's, hilarious that's
1: very it's very funny
0: loved that um anyways uh there's a lot of like treasure you can get exploring the levels i, I really loved how there's like a drunken sailor in the screw elevator. <laughs> and he's like,
1: please don't, he's like, it. don't Please don't spin don't it. Don't <laughs> spin it anymore,
0: please. And you go, and then, then he, you go to the next one like, and starts like, spinning. He's like, oh, I <laughs> told you not to spin it. It like, just like bleeds so much personality. Yeah, very themed, funny. Uh, you know, location that you can explore. All the NPCs are great. Um, there's treasure here that you can find. Mm-hmm. Lots of cool stuff going on. But eventually you make your way up to the cabin and you talk to the captain. Um, and he informs you that the Thames, their ship, is currently on a job from the Ethos. It's really important that they're there to salvage something from the sea. Yeah. So another so kind that's of that's why hint, they're
1: just there picking up all the trash right, they can find.
0: That the Ethos is looking for something out there in the yeah, ocean. Yeah, somewhere. And they're trying to salvage something down there. So mm-hmm. that's the important part that you're supposed to, uh-huh, like what's the Ethos up to? Um, but I love that I am a man of the sea thing.
1: Very, really funny. funny. Did Did um, you find Joe on this ship?
0: Uh, big Joe, he's he's on yes. the Thames.
1: No, I can't remember if he's on the Thames or if he's. At. I think he's. Did on, you find him during this? I think
0: he's on the deck of the Yggdrasil when it's docked. That's where at it the was. Thames. That's yeah. where it
1: was. Okay, but it's like kind of there. Yes, and he's okay, all yes. trying to speak. He's so this speak, comes later. Um, this comes later.
0: Trying to speak, he's like speaking Spanish. Mi, mi amor, yeah, he's yeah. Is <laughs> yeah, your interrupting? Because he's him? with a girl. Well, you can play him in cards. Did you play yes, this card game? I did. That's what I was getting at.
1: Okay, let's talk I, about the card I game. I can Okay, it's weird, but I can't believe they fit a card game into this game. <laughs> this Square Enix had just a, an obsession with this in the late '90s. Every game just was a card game, but. And I think it came with like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and trading cards and it was just becoming a funner, yeah. a more fun thing at the time. And so they were incorporating it into their games. Yeah. Um, but I guess this game came out before FF8, right? And before FF9. Before FF8, yes. Yeah. So it was in between
0: FF7 and FF8.
1: Yeah. But it, this game may have had the first card game because I don't think 7 had one, right? No it didn't. So Xenogears put out this card game. And I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's kind of like a speed thing. You just gotta like... Well, the get, game is called Speed, I think.
0: The card game is, is called that what Speed. It's technic- I think is it's this a real speed. game? I don't know if it's a real game.
1: Oh, okay, but Maybe in the game it is. it's called Speed. Maybe it is, yeah. but
0: the game is called Speed.
1: It took Joe a while to explain mm-hmm. it, and I was excited to play it at first. Oh, Did, you, I have, was like, did you
0: have Joe give you the tutorial for yes, Oh, Yes. Joe was the one oh, for wow, me. Oh, okay. Was it not there's, for There's you? Uh, different people on the themes you can play. There's like a little kid and then there's like well, a guy up in the beer hall, and then there's a woman
1: on the deck. I did play one other person, okay. yeah. But after, after my initial tutorial was Joe. was Joe. Interesting. So he explained, and it took a while, and as he was explaining it, I got less and less excited <laughs> about about how this game was going to work. And I decided, because I... I, I beat him, and I got a long black coat or whatever, and I was like, okay, whatever. And that I, I kind of decided I didn't really care to play this game anymore. Yeah. I so, did it one other time, and I lost, and I was just like, I don't, know. I, this I don't
0: is, know. This is what I'll say about it. It's simple enough, right? It's like you have, you're trying to get rid of your decks. The, the, the goal is to get rid of all your cards Yeah, first. you got like 26 cards or something. So you and, have a hand yeah. of four cards, and the, your opponent will have a hand of four cards, and there are two cards in the middle. Yeah. And you can and either you can send, play either one. Yeah, you can send a card to the right or left. Yeah. But it just has to be in numerical order. So if there's a four down, you can put a five on top of it. Or a three. Or you can go down yeah. to a three. And so you're just placing them as fast as you can until your hand is gone. And if you get to a point where, oh, I can't play anything and the opponent can't play anything, then they'll just take a card a random, from the deck. Yeah. Put it, flip it over and then see how far you can play until you have to stop again. Yes. Then one, two, bam, put them down, and whoever gets rid of all their cards first wins. It's a very simple game. Um, it is really freaking hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because
0: I, the computer is unbelievably fast.
1: When I saw, like, when I first, I was getting the concept of the game, Yeah. and I was like, okay, but they're, they're going to, like, be good about it right like yes. they're not just gonna go crazy
0: <laughs> they're just like and, and joe is one of yeah. the easier
1: there's the one well, i was able on to beat deck. joe and yeah. I, it was probably the woman i played i can't remember who it was but i was like i'm just done they're I'm, so i don't fast. know that this
0: game is going to be very so, fast. so here's yeah. what you can do and this is what i suggest for anyone who's playing who wants to play speed and win the rewards from doing it yeah Abuse the pause button because you can uh-huh. press pause to start just look button, at everything and look at the cards as they're coming out. And can, okay, uh, an eight is coming or a queen is coming. Okay, great. where am I where great, am great, I great, at? Great. Where is the opponent at? Oh, he's standing on his king. He's definitely gonna get that before me. So don't
1: worry about it. So I'm not gonna go for that. I'll try else. to go
0: to this one. Yeah. And then if or if he plays a king, I can use this right after that. Abuse yeah. the pause button because These characters, these computer controlled characters Mm -hmm. are so freaking fast, it's like impossible. I could not keep up with it playing normally. I had to pause all the time (laughs) in order to win. Um, So don't feel bad about doing that, Uh, particularly with the woman on the deck because you have to beat two of the, um, so there's a kid down in the supply entrance who will play with you mm. and then there's a, a guy in like the corner of the beer hall who will play you. If you beat both of them you can play the woman who's standing on top of the stacked boxes on the deck mm. and she is the hardest one. <laughs> um, but if you beat her she gives you a death blower accessory oh. which opens up more death blows for the gears. So it's something that's worth getting if you want to see some mm-hmm. of those death blows. Yeah. Um, but she's really hard to beat, even when you're yeah. pausing. She's too fast. So that's what I would recommend. But uh, the rewards are worth getting by playing those people uh, in the card game. Well, cool. In any case, that's the Thames. Thames is, is I fun. thought
1: it was going to be a, a collecting card game, and I was like, halfway through the game, you're introducing a, <laughs> this to me? Yeah. But I didn't... Re- this came This came before 8, before yeah. FF9... It was just a regular 52-card deck. It's yeah. nothing special. Nothing so special. I just, I don't know. I didn't yeah. really play it. So um, as you're
0: doing that, as you're talking to the captain, we cut to a scene between Dominia and a new character, uh, Kelvina, I think her name is. Oh, yeah. They, these are two of the current Elements members. Um, they're like <laughs> underwater. Yeah, they're underwater, and they're, yeah. they're they're kind of searching for the Goliath, the wreckage of the Goliath. That's yeah. what they were sent there to do. And they pick up the sonar or the signature or something of the Yggdrasil. Mm-hmm. And this is when uh, Dominia decides, like, oh, we're going to go after that because she knows how important it is to Ramses. She's yes. all about pleasing Ramses. Yeah. Um, she knows how distraught he is about Fay and, and, you know, that gear that's being held in that ship, and that's the one that has it. And So she's all gung-ho about, this has been such a common thing in the Gebler." breaking from orders to go yeah. pursue a personal goal or vendetta or something
1: like that yeah it's a common thing and you can see that within the way that these officers will treat their the commanding officer yes. right where there are the the grunts or whoever the the soldiers will treat the officers really poorly yeah and it's like what, what military ever functions <laughs> this way that's insane. At least... And there is no discipline. At them.
0: least in this case, Dominia does get some discipline from Miang, And we'll, we'll she, see that scene a little bit in a minute.
1: Yes, she does. But
0: Ramses didn't seem to get disciplined by the Gazel Ministry. No. And like, you know, all the other times this happened.
1: Well, and Ellie, her her group, they just yeah, would talk back to her. And she, exactly. she wouldn't even
0: do anything about right. it. Right. Um... Kelvina is the one who's actually in command here, not Dominio, which I found ah, interesting. Miang, I thought
1: Dominio would outrank everybody. It, it, that's
0: how it seems because yeah. of how dominant her, that's personality, her personality is. her personality, though, yeah. Um, interesting. But, but that's what Miang uh, mentions later is that Kelvina was supposed to be the one in command on that mission, and Dominia was not listening to her. And Kelvina was like, "That's this is not our mission. Like, we're supposed to look for mm-hmm. the Goliath or whatever. And she's like, no, I'm attacking the Yggdrasil. So anyways, you get a really short scene there where Dominia goes after the Yggdrasil.
1: She has a huge gear, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's like this underwater thing. I think they, they might have both been inside. Of it. I couldn't really tell because it, the, the, the cockpits looked separate. But, but Dominia tells Kelvina, give me, like, control of the vessel, basically. Yeah. She's like, give me the controls. Mm. So it almost sounded like maybe they were in the same thing, but I couldn't Hmm. tell. Anyways, she goes after the Yggdrasil. Um, And, uh, well, she mentions specifically like, this this will never trouble uh, the commander again, will never trouble Ramses again. So she's really intent on doing this for Ramses. Um, This is when we cut back to the Thames, and the Thames sort of, uh, Picks this up or, or realizes that this is this is happening that the the, the is being attacked, right? Yeah. So Faye and Ellie, their gears have been repaired. They fly out to go and help. They meet up with Rico well, and Saitan.
1: Before that, though, the captain's just so funny. He's just like, our there be people fighting. I'm just doing a pirate voice because that's how I imagine it. But he's like, our oh, people are fighting over oh, yonder on the sea. We should join the fight. <laughs> like, Get your guns and let's just start shooting at whatever. Because he I guess he doesn't like that they're fighting so close to him. Yeah. And he's like, what's well, going on here? Uh, on top of let's, that, he's like,
0: our guests... They yeah. are friends with the people being attacked, so it's our it's, we, we it's brought a, part that of our out. code,
1: yeah. That we have to
0: help them. It <laughs> seemed
1: as though he was just gonna shoot uh, whoever, but then we bring yeah. up, oh, we know them. He's like, oh, okay, then we'll shoot the other guys <laughs> and we'll help you out, yeah, because we're men of the sea, so yeah.
0: And it's like they, part of their pirate or their, their code of men, as men of the sea, yeah. They're not pirates, but um, to, to help their, their guests, to help their whatever. guests, but, the, so but he Hans goes on to bring up, like, we are not equipped to to fight these things yes, at all yes yes your your cannon you're talking about yeah. is a piece of junk <laughs> like we can take them over right. there, we can repair the gears, but we're not getting involved in a fight. That's so,
1: stupid. <laughs> they were fixing our gears, and yeah. I presumably, it was going to take a while. Yeah. But then Captain phones the, the... You got two minutes. He's like, "You got." He's like, hey, are there, you're fixing their gears? Like, yeah, we're just fixing them. You got two minutes. <laughs> and, then he hangs up, and it's like, oh my gosh, what? So they freak out, and I guess they fix our gear 100% in two minutes. Because yeah. it's ready for us. And then, yeah, we go out and help fight. And we stop... Um, Dominia, but as soon so we go under the water, and it's like our whole party's there. But Ellie's there, and she, we don't know who's attacking the Yggdrasil yet. But yeah. Ellie shows up, and Ellie's just like, "Oh, nobody knows that I joined with you guys." And then wait, that's Dominia. And Dominia <laughs> oh, is so pissed. Yeah, she's, she's like, pissed. "You traitor!" And she, um, is this where Ellie gets kidnapped? Was it here? Well, it's she
0: ends up taking Dominia. Ends up
1: taking Ellie from after this after the fight's over. She takes yeah, her back. Yeah. So yeah. the fight isn't yeah but yeah so she grabs ellie and just takes her all the way back to miang basically all the way back to the solaris ship that she came from yeah and uh that's crazy because it's like oh my gosh ellie's screwed
0: so yeah you join rico you go down there and you fight dominia and she's like even though you win in the game you lose in the cutscene, kind of a thing right yeah so she's like oh we have to retreat or Kelvin is like, we have to retreat. He's like, no, I'm taking, I'm gonna make sure we take Ellie. Yeah. So she like does this attack and grabs her, flies off. Faye's like, no, Ellie. And so they come back and they're like, crap, like reporting to Saitan, Ellie got taken back. You're like, what's gonna happen? You're all concerned. And then when you cut back to Dominia, she's like, slapping Ellie's face and, like, mm-hmm. pulling a sword on her yep. and, like, basically threatening to execute her yep. right there. <laughs> For being a traitor, yeah. And this is where Miang steps in and protects Ellie. And uh, I think I had had a note here. Oh, right before they started fighting. Sorry, there's one thing I missed here. Um, she and Ellie are talking to each other, right? And, and Ellie's trying to explain to her why, you know... She thinks that the, the lambs and the shepherds are the same.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And
0: and what Dominia says in response to that is, well, that's true, they are the same. The difference is in ability, and that those with ability right. should be the ones who have the ability or who have the right, I guess, to rule or oppress those without ability. This is all the Ramses philosophy. Yes, I
1: was going to say, this is Ramses. That yeah. he
0: wanted to use to sort of restructure Solaris. Rather than yeah. having the class structure they currently have, he wanted to replace it with that, those with...
1: More of a meritocracy. Yeah, kind of meritocracy. Thing. Those yeah.
0: who show more promise and more ability go to the top. Yeah. And those with less last go to the bottom. So, Dominia has bought into that 100%. And you can kind of see that with her dialogue there. But then she says something very important here. She mentions a rumor... That Ellie was actually born of the lambs.
1: Yes. Right? That she's
0: not actually yes. a pure-blooded solarian. And All
1: rumors are true <laughs>
0: it's just how it works. So just yeah. something to remember for later that Dominia seems to now be like buying into this rumor. Yeah. That Ellie is not actually a pure blood. That she blood clearly solarian. didn't before.
1: Yeah. because before she was being more respectful to Ellie. Yes. Um. Now she buys into it because Ellie has done something that basically makes her, in Dominia's mind, like, oh, you the whole, this whole time mm. you must have been a bad person. You must be one of those lambs. Yep. I got it. There was a rumor I heard once. It's true. Yep. Now exactly. it is true. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know that, but it's a game, so it's true. <laughs> but but the, her rationale is just, oh my gosh, I hate Ellie now, and I need to reconcile the, you know, the, what's the word? The dissonance in my mind with who I thought you were with who you really are. Oh, you're a snake. You're one of the bad ones. And so she just jumped right to that. She's just, she's kind of losing it. Yeah,
0: she looks like she's about to try to execute
1: (laughs) Ellie uh, as a traitor before
0: having any due process or anything like that. Yes, yes. And so Miang steps in, it's like, what are you doing? Like, this
1: is not how this works. (laughs) Like, back off. And really, really tells her off. Um, yeah, but Dominius starts to kind of like talk back to Miang a yes. little bit, and it's is just like, no, this is how it works. Like, what are you doing? Don't stand H- up whose for whose authority do you have yes. to tell me this? Which now I don't know Miang's. I know Ramses' position, but I don't know Miang's Myang specific to be some kind position. of
0: position, supervisor or something, something like that. To not supervisor to um, Ramses, um, right?
1: Um, a- advisor, uh, advisor. Yeah, not super, but yeah, advisor.
0: Ramses, something like that. But Dominius seems to think. She doesn't have superiority over her, so yes. I don't know for sure. And,
1: and she may be right in that sense because yes. Miang doesn't like pull a card or say, "Oh yeah, I'm your boss." Right. And Miang just looks at her, and, and this crazy blue, blue flash. flash. Yeah, yeah. streaks, and Dominia just like is silent, and then she takes Ellie and leaves. And Dominia says something to herself. I didn't write about it down. her eyes. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, "What was that?" Yeah, her eyes. Just what was that? And that's yeah. it. And that's all we heard. So, um,
0: so Miang, all she had to do was look. Yes. And there's some kind of power. She has some power. Dominia felt yeah. like she couldn't stand up to her anymore. Yes. Then we cut to the scene mm. where she has Ellie. She's, okay, you explained the situation did write to this me. I um, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, don't, don't worry about anything. I'll take care of it from here. Right. And then she does the same thing. She looks into Ellie's <clears throat> eyes and you get that, ring, like that blue yes. flash. And Ellie's like, and Ellie's what like, was
1: that? And Miang's like, oh, nothing. You just have really nice-looking eyes. Yep. And then she
0: turns around <laughs> and she leaves. And she leaves. And then, and then when she gets to the bridge to report to Ramses, it's indicated there in the dialogue that she didn't even report to Ramses that no. Ellie had
1: defected at all. No, she just said, oh yeah, everything's fine. And because he
0: was, he was asking her, oh, what was going on with that squabble between the two of them? Mm-hmm. But Ramses doesn't seem to know at this no. point. That Ellie had tried to defect it, to, to defect from Gebler, yeah. <laughs> and Miang does not report that to him. Right. She's protecting her from that consequence for some reason.
1: Yes, that's very strange. Yeah. Very strange. And who knows why? <laughs> who knows why? Who could possibly know why? <laughs> but <laughs> unless you play the game for. But um, that's when she, I think, Miang brings up that oh, the eggdrills over there. Yeah. Right. And Ramses was like, let's go, oh, let's go, let's go, yeah, and Miang's <laughs> all with it. Because before, when, um, when, he, when uh, Ramses had gotten word that there was the, oh, what'd you call it? The, um, well, when he, no, what, what'd you call it? The. Uh, What's the word? What did they call the red gear? That crazy red gear. Oh, they're just calling it the red gear for Yeah, now. but it was the disaster of the continent. What, oh, oh, or, um, oh uh, the demon of Elru. The demon of Elru, Yes. yes. When, um, when it was mentioned, oh, that's the demon of Elru, and Ramses is like, I'm going. Myang um, is like, don't, I yeah, don't think you should do to this, stop right? At that time. But at this point, and there's some more stuff revealed here later on that help that I, I kind of solidified some things I've been thinking about. Um, but she's like, hey. We found uh, a new Yggdrasil, Let's like let's go. And so she's wanting him to kind of like go towards this right. uh, this spot. And oh, that that guy's there, Faye's there. Yeah. And Rams is just like, go there right now. Like all <laughs> guns, all hands on deck. Go there right now. And Miang's yeah. just like chilling, you know, sitting standing by. So they're going. Everything seems fine, but she didn't say anything about Ellie. And yep. that, that, is, uh, that is very interesting. She's got her own plans with Ellie, and we kind of see yep. what some of them are
0: yep. later and on. And, and we know that, like, Graf is worried about her getting involved. Yes. And, like, they have kind of that thing where...
1: Miang <laughs> is clearly operating on her own, like... Goal. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. yeah, her own goal. She's doing her own thing here, yep. and she's not necessarily being commanded... Well, she's not being commanded by anyone that we know Yes. at the moment. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, um... Essentially, what the result of this is, is that uh, Ramses goes off to attack the ship. But before that, Ellie le- left the ship in the veer, her gear. And they show a shot of her, like, taken off from there. Yeah. So Ellie was let go by Miang to go back yes,
1: to the Yggdrasil which again. which th- I was not expecting that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, crap, how are we going to save Ellie? And then she just shows up on the deck I of the know, thing. I know, and she's
1: like, I'm tired, and it's like...
0: <laughs> and Bart
1: sees that too Bart yeah. is just like hey this isn't right like yeah. something something weird is happening right and do we trust well, her well he hasn't
0: trusted her the whole game I mean that's and true that's been a source of contention between him and Faye because yeah. Faye's like trust her and Margie's like yeah. trust her and he's like you guys are ridiculous like yes. of course we're not gonna trust her <laughs> that's stupid I thought that he had he hadn't brought that up for a, for a while yeah. I suppose well until uh, actually there was he? wait when did it happen it was when she got taken away. So uh, when, when, yes. when Faye came back to Saitan, sure. he was like, oh, Faye got taken away. He was like, really? Is it really that she got kidnapped or taken back away? to her
1: hometown. And, and,
0: and <laughs> Faye's like, hey, what do you mean by that? And then yeah. Saitan's like, stop fighting. That's right. And then they right. apologize to each other after that. And they're on, they're on the Thames again. And then Ellie just literally shows up in the room. And it's just like, whoa, wait a minute. This is crazy. Yeah. And Bart picks up that this is suspicious again, but yes. he doesn't, he doesn't, he's like, there's something about this that is wrong. And I, I know like when someone's gonna betray you, mm-hmm. there's just something that you feel and she's not like the rough people that I've been around. It's not right. like that. Yeah. There's something different about it, but I'm telling you like <laughs> something is not right about this, right?
1: Right, and nobody else notices or wants to say and anything. Then right.
0: you go back to the Yggdrasil yeah. and you're looking for her and you you could go into like the, the medical, like the sick bay, like medical room or whatever, and they're like, Oh, Ellie was here but something wasn't right and she like left. Yeah, yeah. And then you go down into the engine room where she's at and she's been hypnotized, so sort of mm-hmm. mind controlled or whatever, to go in there and sabotage the engine of the Yggdrasil. Yeah.
1: And I don't know exactly what she does. She raises all of the things. I don't know if it's a nuclear thing, and those are control rods or something. Probably. But that's what it looks but like. But she lifts them all up, so that way I guess it causes like a meltdown it's like a, an yeah, overheat. It's a, da- yeah. a
0: meltdown is happening. It's, just, it's too hot. They're not able yeah, to yeah. dispel or what do you call it? Yeah, what the,
1: the rods are meant, cool meant down. to yeah. keep it cool. The radiation. Exactly. And I so, think there's electricity, though, so it may be a different thing. But <laughs> That's what it looks that's like. That's basically what's
0: happening here, yeah. And I love that shot where... Faye like runs in and is like, Ellie, what are you doing? And she just like sort of turns around and like, oh, see she, I thought,
1: I thought for sure, I thought she was going to be hypnotized for a while. Yeah. I was like, oh crap, we're not going to catch her and she's just going to be sabotaging us for the next like four hours of gameplay. But it was like right then, we show up and she, she's, we caught her in the act basically and so then she falls down. And,
0: And, um, kind of a, funny line here funny might not be the right word a weird line here i wanted to look at what the japanese says if we oh, yeah. have it but bart is basically saying i told you so and he says this malls a mole which i'm guessing is a way to try to play on the words but the word mall m o l l is not a very common word but it's like it's like a gangster's girlfriend like you know like kind of like a doll or a prostitute or something but of like a gangster Oh, really? This mole is a mole. Oh, <laughs> is what he was saying there. Who
1: in the world would have understood that reference?
0: That's—it's a really old <laughs> word, right? Like back from like you know when when, when gangsters were kind of you know uh, the mafia is what I'm. That referring makes me to. think
1: that he probably used uh, kansai like a Japanese gangster sounding, you know, word yeah. in Japanese and then just equated it to That's
0: be. yeah, so it's like it's like a mafia term from like I don't know, maybe like the 1930s or something. So, I don't know what he was trying to translate there. He must there must he, I assume Bart must have had some sort of play on words or some some kind of idiom or something he said in Japanese. Yeah. And so, Honeywood was looking for something to like be an equivalent in english and this was the closest thing you could find but that word is very uncommon and it's pretty insulting yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i'm curious as to what
1: it was in japanese i'm gonna find it in the japanese he says Ko- Koitsu yappari, which means this this jerk i knew it why that's on it. earth that's the whole line and i was like was oh it- does he say something in the next line no no why he says "Chikisho." he's just like swearing and stuff. It's like he's not he's he doesn't say anything even close to this mole. All he says is "I knew it." This this it says this guy but it's girl, so this girl, "I knew it." That's all he says. So, this was Richard Honeywood's decision to try to inject some character into Bart that he he's thinks fits. He's trying to do a pun on his own that is very. Um, it's weird. Does it fit Bart's character, though? Do you think this mole's a mole, do you think that fits Bart's character? I don't know if 95% <laughs> of
0: the people playing the game would know what that word even meant. No, that's crazy. It's so outdated. It's you, so outdated. You out would of use. assume
1: that he had used. that he, he was trying to find his best way to translate some obscure Japanese word. That's, that's what would you would think. assume. Not even close. He made that whole sentence up. Okay. Good what job. that sentence in English should just say is, I knew it all along, instead of, this mole's a mole. Because yapari can have that, that context. Like, oh, I knew the whole time, of course. Like, yapari would be like, as I thought. Oh, so, so it seems, kind of thing. All nope. Right. Well, so. there you go. So fun.
0: Anyways, Saiten <laughs> knows everything, as he usually does. He recognizes yes. right away that this is the work of some kind of hypnosis. Um, not yeah. only that, Which he would
1: also say, buddy," meaning... I knew it. It's hypnosis. That's what, Yappari <laughs> also means it that way. Sure. But um, yes, and he has a hugely revealing line here. Yeah. So, so, so revealing, and I caught it, and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up, and where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Satan. He says, oh, if you forcibly stop the behavior, because they're saying, if you knew all along, why didn't you stop her? Yes, because he, he was goes, aware that she was under Yeah, because he was like, oh, I was following her because I thought she was acting weird. And it's like, why didn't you stop her? Oh, well, you see, if you forcibly stop the behavior while imprinting, it can cause problems. It can cause brain damage, right? Something Mm, like that. Yep. However, what does Satan do whenever we're having issues and moments where it seems... Because I already brought up, it seems like Faye has been hypnotized. We got Mm -hmm. that cross going. Yeah. And it seems as though... The cross of Nissan is literally playing a hypnosis on him that's leading him to do something that he doesn't want to do, that he otherwise would not do. He's under a hypnosis. And Satan, um, well, at least one of the times, Satan was just kind of sitting back. But I guess in that first time with Lahan, he was telling fake. Oh, no, get, get away it. from the town. But I
0: wonder if he was... Maybe it could be interpreted that he was like trying to stop the hy- hypnosis before it took full effect, or interrupt it. Sure, before it Sure, because he fully did not
1: care to stop Faye from getting in the Veltal. In fact, his whole life's goal is to get Faye in the Veltal, It seems, <laughs> thinking it would be for our own good and yeah. the anima animus, you know, connection. Like, oh, this is there's a purpose for this. But, uh, but, um, at the same time, Faye is very aloof whenever certain things are happening. Uh, sorry, Satan is very aloof whenever certain things are happening with Faye, and. It could speak to this, that if Satan can recognize hypnosis when he sees it, and we already know that Faye's being hypnotized, Satan, it follows that Satan must also know that we're being hypnotized. And for whatever reason, Satan does not want to interfere with the imprinting process.
0: Because it can destroy the mind.
1: mind. So it could damage us. Maybe that's why he's doing it. He's trying to help us out. But at the same time, he knows what's going on. And it's a good catch. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but for whatever reason, he does not want to, um, he doesn't want to tell us. Interrupt. <laughs> or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Interrupt someone when they're under hypnosis. Yes.
0: Okay. So They take uh, Ellie to the medical wing. She wakes up. You go in there and she's like, oh, this is my fault. I like, She doesn't she, know how she got there originally. Yeah, 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 But then they tell her what happened. She's like, oh, this is my responsibility. So when they see that Ramses is going to attack, she's like, let me go fight. Yeah. And Bart is like, no way.
1: No freaking and, way. And You're going like, to sabotage <laughs> us again.
0: And she's like, no, but I won't this time. But it's like, how do you know? And Satan is like, okay, Bart, I'll try to, you know, give you some peace of mind on this. If yeah. she steps out of line, I will be the one to kill her. Myself. Is that all cool? Is that cool with you? Yeah. Bart's Trust like her kind of, this one time. Yeah. I suspect that this was not. She is not aware of what happened to her. She did not mean to sabotage you. She's right. not a mole.
1: She didn't mean to. But she is hypnotized, and that could wake up at any point. <laughs> like sure. Bart, I think Bart's concerns are less. Oh, she's evil, and more. She's under an influence of something, and yeah. she's not. It's not worth it to have her in our around us if she could at any time do this. Now, Bart doesn't realize that he's working with Faye who at the same, by the same token under any moment can all of a sudden kind of break everything, right? Sure. He doesn't know that about Faye yet. Um, But he knows enough about Ellie to where I would say Bart's making the right choice here. Yeah. Being like, hey, well, it's, what if something causes you to wake up again and sabotage us again? I didn't say he didn't say she did it on purpose.
0: So well, I was kind of phase hole, hang up the whole time too. What if I, what if this happens to me? I can't yes. control it. And they're like, just yes. fight anyways. He's like,
1: but you guys, like, I'm gonna kill everyone again. Right. You can't but really know. It but- seems like. Um, so remember in The Lord of the Rings in Two Towers where Frodo is starting to warm up to Gollum yeah. and Sam is not. Sam is seized past it the whole way through. He's like this, he's a slinker and a stinker. <laughs> and he's a dirty liar and he can't you can't you can't bring someone back. He's going to stab us in the back at some point because he's too far gone. But Frodo Feels for Gollum because he's in the same situation. He's Frodo's also losing himself of turning to the ring. Into Gollum yeah, himself. and so he just wants to like like find something redeemable about Gollum because he sees himself in in Gollum, and I think Faye sees himself in Ellie's situation, and it's true. But but at the same time, Sam's Sam's right. <laughs> yeah, Sam was right, and in this end, in this case, Bart's right. But we'll see if Ellie ever had uh, Sam gets not hypnotized
0: again. Traded Gollum the way he did though. Would Gollum have eventually yes. betrayed them
1: Because of the way things turn out <laughs> at the end, it, may, it was probably... Sam's fault that he pushed yes. Gollum
0: into deciding, oh, I can't, these aren't actually
1: my friends. Anyways, there's two, <laughs> there's two ways You're to right. view that. Based right. on later actions, then it could be a good thing or a bad thing. But generally speaking... Yes. I think you see my point.
0: You have the cautious, rational way of being like... Uh, or, or way of viewing this, which appears to be... Pretty, like a pretty good. Uh, I, I think you. I would agree with you. Bart's probably right in this circumstance. I would think. He but Satan knows everything and <laughs> can do everything. He knows that and she won't be hypnotized again. He's going to make sure that <laughs> yeah. she's not a problem, and I trust him. His competency. Everyone on this account. Everyone <laughs> seems to trust Satan. If he quite says a bit. he can handle it, yeah, I would enough. tend to believe that he could. Based on what we know about him, based uh, based on what we know about him. Yeah. Okay. Ramses attacks the ship, and he calls Faye his arch rival. And and Faye's like, "What are you talking about?" And then, but he but he says, "What what happened to your other machine?"
1: Yes, this is one thing that. Um this is the thing. This is the thing. Because M'ing had to identify him for him. He was like, that's him in the black gear. Yeah, in gear, the black gear, which is right kind of bluish. It's
0: bluish, purplish, black. blackish, like
1: whatever. And he's like, aha, unguard, ye have at thee. And it's like, well, you don't even know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> and we hardly know who you are, yes. right? But he's like, where's your other gear, huh? So M'ing knows something that he doesn't, although he also does know it in a different way. Um, but... It seems, it seems as though um, Faye is the, the, the red-haired guy, like, all in one, right? This is something that I was kind of warming up to our last podcast. Yes. Um, because it seems like they're starting to be more overt about it. They're starting to really, I think it was the Red Room thing. Yes, which um,
0: when you see the red versus the green. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: and I as I because we're editing podcasts, so we're a few weeks ahead now, <laughs> yeah. and so I'm starting to edit two weeks ago's podcast. Yes. you know, and and after after having understood a little more context, and I I saw the scene where Faye begins to lose consciousness that second time um, in Ave in, in Ave. Yeah, yeah, before when he's fighting what's his name that crazy the not smart guy. <laughs> his name? Kong. <laughs> yeah, with the X Vandercom. on his face. Vanderkam, <laughs> And um, it's so funny because Faye's like, oh, I can feel myself losing it. Oh, I'm losing it. Something's going on. And as he completely loses it, as it fades to black, first it fades to red. You get a red tint over everything. Mm. Then it fades to black. Yep. Okay. So And then the red with the red gear. Okay. So my earlier conceptions about when, when Faye... Loses his mind to this hypnosis, thinking that it's basically this nuclear bomb. Just like his his machine has these arrow lasers that just like blow yeah. up and kill everything, it was maybe not an accurate conception. Although it was grounded in what happened at Lahan, right? right. That's but more, it doesn't mean that, that happens every time. The
0: gears ability necessarily yes. than it is. F- Fae's, but Fae can control the gear when he's... But
1: Fae can have the gear do other things. It doesn't have to be the atomic bomb every time. yes. And so it could just be punchy fighting. (laughs) It could just be, like, lifting up the Yggdrasil without touching it, you know? It could be all sorts of things that the gear is capable of doing that Fae doesn't necessarily know how to do unless he's pushed to this weird brink, right? As we saw in the caves and um, at other points. So, anyways, it seems as though Fae... Becomes literally becomes a different person when he's hypnotized and that that person has their own autonomy, their own movement, their own ability yes. to do stuff, right? Yes. So the Red Gear is Faye. Um, and there's so many hints before, that, but it just didn't seem plausible. There's many there's so many at the hints time.
0: about so many things yes. that it is hard on a first playthrough to keep it all straight and Have, to put them together in the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what's been so illuminating on a second playthrough yeah. is that it feels, so, I've said it a, a bunch of times. Right, it feels it obvious. It feels so obvious, but yeah. it isn't. Obviously, it's, it's not. It's nowhere
1: close to obvious. Yes. And it's like, okay, sure, you know, oh, this hint means this thing. But it's like, yeah, but there's like 50 other hints that mean 50 other things at this in the same like scene. So yeah. how am I supposed to like keep all of this? If I knew what was noise and what to filter out and just focus on yes. the, the signal of this is what this means... Fine, but I I don't know to do that yet because I don't know where it's going. So I'm assuming yeah. all of these little tangents are are subplots that could potentially lead into a thing. But it's like no, they're just like they're red herrings. They're yes. just like little things that are meant to and i think in part the reason everything has like five different names in this game <laughs> is in part to throw you off there's yeah. different names for mm. for the things there's the solarians are the gazelle are the Abel, are the it's like they're but they're shepherds all the, yeah <laughs> the shepherds and then there wasn't there like a german oh no that's that that's the school that they go to you can. but it's it's all referring to the same yeah. thing but they're using these different Faction. words yeah and Satan has different names, and everyone's got, like, he, everything's, uh, like, a little bit Saiten, different yeah. in different ways. Josiah and, so, and Jesse, who we'll meet in a second, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so it seems as though, because this is the first time, I think, in this podcast that we've established this, that the red gear and the crazy red-haired guy is Faye. And what happens when Faye loses his mind is that he becomes this, um, he becomes, does he have a name? Well,
0: we'll find out later what the name of the Red
1: Warrior is. We don't okay. know the name of the he's, Red Warrior. He, he, he's, a, he's a thing. He becomes the Red Warrior. And then um, that's the whole point, right? But he just doesn't get what's happening here. So yes. um, I guess since he's not the Red Warrior at the moment, then uh, Ramses sees this as his opportunity to, like, capture him and imprison yeah. him or something like well, that. Well, remember or back when he him. fought him, uh, when
0: Ramses fought Faye the first time back it's in Bledevic. Well, he
1: was like... He
0: looks different, but that's the same technique.
1: At blood effect, yes. Right? When he we was first like, fought he, him? Why, yep. he, why does he look? And you different see now? that flash there. I didn't know what the, that meant. The before. red, the red
0: warrior flashes on yeah. top of Fae. And
1: I was yeah. also thinking, because there were other reasons why I missed it. But I was also thinking, oh, just because you remind someone doesn't mean like he could have been his dad. It could have been sure. a technique from his his kung Some, fu teacher, right. or they both had the same teacher. So you know, right. like it didn't have to be that he was that because the they don't look at all alike. And that's probably, <laughs> to this point right now, that is probably my biggest gripe with this. They don't look the same. They should look the same, but they don't. And so well, that's... Hold
0: on to that to when you get a really okay. clear look at the Red Warriors' like, portrait. When okay. you see his face up
1: close. Mm, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, at a glance, obviously, he's got red hair that doesn't look the same. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Super Saiyan. It's like... Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, so Ramses finally sees him, wants to pick him up, and Miang is, is not holding him back this time, meaning Miang knows, first off, who he is, even though he looks different, but second off, that he's not as big of a threat right now.
0: Yes. So, yeah. yeah, but it's it's funny, though, that Miang has to point him out. Like, I know, that's, that's, that's weird. That's the guy you're looking for. That's the for. gear, that's it's, the guy. That's the black gear, he's in that one, and he's like, okay, that's him. All right, what happened to that other gear? Yes, exactly. Yeah. What happened to the other gear you
1: are using? And, and that's Faye my question. Does not know what, what he's talking about. What happened? Okay, but even knowing what he's talking about, yeah. what? Okay. There's another gear somewhere. <laughs> like, that's weird, yeah, and we'll, it's a red we'll, gear, and it's we'll totally different. We'll get an different. answer
0: to that, but at the moment, we don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you fight him and you beat him, but before beating him, again, winning the game, losing the cutscene, he goes crazy on Faye's gear and beats it up and it, it, yes. it forms a, a breach in the in the armor and the water, seawater starts yes. getting in yep. and it's a drowning Faye in the cockpit. And Ellie uses her a rods to or air rods to like Is this the first time we've seen her use those? Well, she used them in a battle against
1: us. I thought so. When we first fought but, her. Um Ramses, was it Ramses? Someone was very surprised that she yeah, could the, do
0: the that. Yeah, the other, her own Gebbler, uh pilots that she was commanding in her unit, they were surprised she could use air rods. Yes. Because it's like, oh my gosh, only, only elements level people can yeah. do Yeah,
1: so it's like they don't know she's an element They or didn't know before. I, I thought you, she's really you would think young. that that would be, they would all know who the special people are. Well, right? she's
0: 18 years old and they didn't realize that she was in a, in the element program or hmm. consideration for elements or whatever. So it's a little Ram- bit unclear. Ramsey seemed surprised too, though. That it's, she was it's a little bit unclear that. to me because that's what I believed. I thought that Ellie was not actually an element, oh. but that she was like part of the program or in consideration. Hmm. But the way that Miang and Dominia refer to her in this playthrough we yeah. did now, they were acting as if she is an element. They refer to her as hmm. an element. So maybe I just don't remember the details on that. But it doesn't seem like she was because she was some lower level commander who was like leading these Gebler pilots. She she didn't seem to be in contact with Dominia often, who is currently an element. So it seemed like she's not. Yeah, you would think that the
1: elements would know each other pretty well. Right, because they'd be working
0: together currently. They'd be in the same unit or same team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Ellie is clearly not a part of that team, so I don't know why they're calling her an element. I, that part so of the game the is foggy then. to me.
1: Do you become powerful and then you're called an element? Or do you become an element and then the, you are imbued like, with a power?
0: I don't know. Because I, I don't, I don't know either. But it I, seems
1: like if she's not an element, then it would seem like you have the power first and then the, she, the appointment to element comes secondary. She at least has the same potential as
0: yeah. an element, which is what allows her to be as powver- powerful as she is when she's under the influence of Drive. Right. And what allows her to use these air rods. Okay. But I, I don't, the, the me- my memory is foggy on why Ellie is not part of the current members of the Elements if she was at the same level as them. Okay. I okay.
1: don't remember. It right seems now. like Ramses is surprised though that she can use air rods, right? Uh, Am I right in assuming that? I don't remember that. I have to check the tape. Because he, or maybe he was just upset. Because he was like on the verge. He was effect, about to oh, kill Faye, about and then to all of a sudden, ah! Oh, but it seemed to me like he yeah. was maybe surprised. Like oh, I didn't know you could do that. But I could be wrong. It could just be that he was so mad, and he's like, ah! Oh, because his um what is it, he ran out of not fuel? Did it was a fuel or oxygen? He ran out of something. Where he's like, I got a surface. I can't stay down. Yeah, there. they
0: have to. They had to retreat, and yeah. Faye is getting drowned inside of the cockpit. She uses the air rods. And so he's, he leaves. She picks him up, takes him up, and he's unconscious. So you're aboard the Thames again, and yeah. sighting, or you're in the sick bay, and they're, like, talking about, you know, the doctor's like, oh, there's nothing I can do, he's in this coma. You'd have yeah. to take him to the Ethos headquarters, which is close by. They, they, they might be able to, like, you know, yeah. diagnose this correctly. But
1: you can't, they won't help anyone who's not, like, part, <laughs> part of their of group. of the Ethos, so you have to get yeah. permission. yeah. And they have what's
0: called an E-tone, which is one of the Ethos members Mm -hmm. coming to the Thames. He's like, maybe you can ask this E-tone if he'll try and, like, you know, get a word in for you. But uh, it's like, okay. So Bart and Ellie go to meet this E-tone and um, come to the the deck. And this part confused me a little bit. Yes, it confused
1: me too. (laughs) Like,
0: it seems like these are Thames... Crew members, yeah, who are threatening to kidnap and sell this little girl into slavery or something.
1: Is slavery just a thing on the Thames? Like they just—it's okay I don't to do that?
0: No, you just. This is why it was because this is not something a man of the sea would do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not even close. This is not the but part this was, of the code of the, men a, of the sea. Was it a woman who was who was threatening to sell her? It I seemed thought like it was two men. Oh, it could um, been. two men, and they were they
0: were bullying this little girl and there and they're threatening yeah to kidnap her and sell her and i was like are these people are these like traders who are currently docked at the thames yeah. doing doing like um, you know trading or something with the yeah. thames and they're just they're they're pirates or something and they're going to go off are, are and these they're crew just mem- kidnapping people they while they are there they be crew members of the thames no, because I wouldn't think so. that's not how the captain runs things right so I was confused as to who these people were. Yeah, that's very strange. So I'm in my head canon for now I'm just saying these are just people who docked with the Thames to do some trading yes, or something like and that. And slavery
1: is legal wherever they're from. Slave traders. That they or will something. openly just kidnap people. So anyways,
0: in the middle of this, yeah. Ellie runs in to help this girl and Bart too. Um, And they're like, oh, you think you're tough? Like, you're going to fight me? And then you hear some gunshots, and these dudes take off and run away. And this is where we're introduced to Josiah, or Jesse, Yes. who is uh, this girl's father. And he thinks Ellie is doing something suspicious, so he goes and puts his gun up to her head, like, don't Yes,
1: he's like, you're a Salarian.
0: I know she's a Salarian. And Saiten comes running in. He knows, of course, who it is. Oh. He knows his name. (laughs) He knows everything about him. They're best friends. In 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 some sense they really were. So well, I have a guess. What's was
1: your guess? was Jesse an element? Yes, okay. <laughs> that's my guess. It seems that way because he's got very good ability of something, and they're like super good pals. With yes, and, and Sigmund. he and
0: Segmund and yes, and just Josiah kind of a pal so together. So we three of them uh, in the on the de- on the gun room of the Thames later on. But oh, yes. and then Ramses was the fourth. Right? So we got fourth. all four former. So those are the former former elements elements. members, correct? So, anyways, Prim Primera is his daughter, and oh, I wanted to just kind of point at this: she doesn't speak.
1: Yes, she doesn't. Yeah. Now, they ever do, since her mother died, right? She right, they said they a explain it, but there yeah. was
0: also another character in the game. Do you remember who does not speak? Just. Putting this out there. Saiten's daughter also doesn't speak.
1: Saiten has a daughter? Saiten has a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know he had a wife. His wife so was a good So His wife coach. is
0: Yuri, and the, he has a little girl named Midori. And, oh, Midori, because that yeah. means
1: green in Japanese. Yeah, and, and and Faye would try to talk to her, hey, Midori, you want to go outside and play? And she'd always just dot, 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 dot. She never speaks. Wait, Saiten was an element. His kid can't speak. Josiah was an element. His kid can't speak. I'm not
0: commenting on the reason why. I'm just saying that Those this is the second character. The injections. Dan. The second character we've come across in the game, a little girl who can't talk. Okay, quick addendum here. It was the wrong way to put it, to say that Midori and... Uh, Primera can't speak that was it's not that they cannot speak it's not like they're incapable they're not mute they just don't speak so just want to clarify that it's not that she's incapable of speaking not that she can't speak but she just doesn't
1: speak well that is very interesting and I both forgot of these people Satan are even had a kid connected to
0: those who were connected to Solaris to Solaris okay just, interesting very interesting just keep it in mind as we keep playing the game Okay. Um, so, anyways, uh, he runs in. Satan runs in to explain the situation to everybody, um, and Jesse, or he, he, he gets confused. Satan seems to get confused because he's like, uh, "Is this the same kid from before?" Then he's
1: like, "That's my freaking son, and he's sixteen years old." Yeah, now, you jerk! Like, <laughs> you jerk! And Satan's like, "Oh, of course." And how's your wife doing? <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, I see. It's like, ah, oh, Satan's like, oh crap. Satan's like, losing his, uh, his cool
0: factor. Yes, exactly. He's like, oh. And so, so Jesse has two children, Billy, who's 16 years old, and he's the etone that yes. the doctor was talking about. Yes. He's the one connected with the ethos. Then Primera, his daughter, little girl. So Billy then kind of comes on the scene. And, uh, you know, they're asking him, hey, our friend Faye, you know, he needs help. Would you help us out? And he's like, well, um, well, at first he's, like, a little wary. But I really like the way that they have the dialogue between Jesse and Billy. It feels very convincing and natural for this father-son in a very, obviously, conflicted, intense relationship. Yeah. Because, you know, I I noticed this, too, with just, like, other people I know who have... Um, bad relationships with their parents or something. Mm. I, I'll kind of observe the way they talk to each other. And where it would usually be very normal for someone to just walk up and be like, hey, um, you know, I know, Satan, you can trust these people. Why, why, why won't you help him out, you know? Like, uh, give him a chance. I think you can trust these people. Right. That would be the normal thing for the father to, to say to the yes. son. In this case, Jesse goes, I'll just help him. Why won't you? <laughs> A very yeah. irritated, condescending way of saying it. Right. That is so indicative and true of mm. these types of relationships that are tense. Yeah. It's just at any moment they can kind of explode, and they always talk yeah, to each other yeah. like that. It's very yeah. sharp and and you know like uh, demeaning and it's, and they do yeah. it back and forth to each other. And yeah. I, when I'm watching, like when I speak to either party in these situations in life, they're always. Totally yes. reasonable people. Yes. And that is I can true. talk to them and they'll talk to me very respectfully. Yes. But whenever they talk to each other, it's just so obvious that if you talk like that, it's gonna cause a problem. Why are you doing that? But there's so many intricacies, yes. so many micro offenses that go back so They'd many pick up, years. I was gonna
1: bring that up. It's it's the culmination of just decades of Issues and it's almost yeah. as if every time they talk, they never resolve their arguments. Which means that every time they talk, there's the history of every argument they've ever had yes. that is like behind, hidden behind every word they yes. say. Has some dual meaning based on an yes. argument they yes. had 12 years ago yes. that never got resolved. Yes. Yeah,
0: and that's that's exactly how they talk to each other. And yeah. it's very like true to just life. Just continuing the argument. It just yeah, it's just like there's no reason why you should have said it like that. Yeah, but that's just how they talk because. They have a very uh, complicated, tense relationship that is all this unresolved tension in there. Yes. So anyways, Billy does decide to, you know, he said, I can't make any guarantees, but you know, I'll see what I can do. Right. We'll take Faye with us and we'll head to the Ethos headquarters. Um, Okay, I'm going to put a light spoiler warning here. Because this is an area that if you're exploring the Akavi region, you're probably going to come across. But Kason, I kind of turn it over to him so that he can speculate on some things that he was predicting very early on in the playthrough um, in like episode two of the podcast. So if you don't want to hear that speculation or where he's going with that um, and you're very sensitive to spoilers, please click on the time code that appears here on the screen Uh, anyways just want to be safe with that just to make sure that uh, if you're super sensitive that we're not uh, stepping on your toes there now don't look at my notes here I wanted to I just wanted to know if you came across one of the locations there in that little archipelago it's a big Babel. Did you find it? Yes, I
1: did. Okay. And you can't (laughs) go in it. It, like, shocks you, and it's Okay, so you did try
0: to enter the Babel Tower.
1: I went to several places first. There was, like, a locked storage place. They were like, go away. And then I went to the orphanage first, and they were like, there's nothing to do here. And then I went, I found that tower, and I was like, this is pretty sweet. And you see it, and the camera kind of, like, pans around a little, and just going all the way up. I wanted to see what you I thought did. of that uh, when you came across it. I what thought it was the remains of a ship <laughs> that I have seen before because and this is so this is so funny. I made some comments in episode 1. Yes. <laughs> this is precisely
0: why I wanted to bring it as up. As soon
1: as I saw it I was like I have I can't believe how right I I mean <laughs> that's not even what I was referring to. That was that, without that tower being there I I, I still felt that the tower analogy fit the ship in a different way. And then I see the tower and I'm like, it's a literal tower. (laughs) It's literally called the Tower of Babel. Yeah. So great, but I did, I recognized it right away. Yeah, you you
0: called that one. And that was perhaps the most astute prediction (laughs) <laughs> I've ever seen anyone make playing Xenogears for the first time. It was incredible. But
1: I wasn't even referring... <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying the ship was such a massive ship that it was a, gave some Tower of Babel yeah. type imagery and yeah. that they were trying to subdue God and that's the yes. Tower of Babel story right? for whatever reason. And I, I, I literally, I started laughing as soon as I... Because it took me a minute. I was like... Where, now who and how did they build this or whatever? And I just thought it through, and I'm like, all of this is old technology, and this is oh my gosh, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yep. But that, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. That is the hull of yeah. the Eldridge uh, that's wild. When it crashed. That's wild.
0: It, they they sort of they made erected a tower it. out of it. Yeah. And it is literally the Tower of Babel. And, Which is pretty crazy.
1: I mean, I just—I don't know what else to say about that. I other will probably than...
0: put some kind of spoiler warning on that, just in case people haven't put those pieces together yet. Okay. Because Tower of Babel will become like a like a dungeon we're going to do later, and maybe that's a more appropriate time to bring it up. But I just wanted to ask you because it's there. <laughs> if you came across it, it and is, what you were thinking? I did
1: some case. exploration. I didn't do much. <clears throat> I don't know the extents of where because I, I, my guess is I could have just gone anywhere and I was like okay this opens up the whole world as soon as you're in the Eggdrasil in the water yeah. but I was like I'll just see what's around here immediately and then, and then go to the, the right. ethos so yeah um, you go you follow Billy to the ethos headquarters
0: um, he's able to get permission uh, to go to a very specific portion of the sort of cathedral place that they have there so they can, uh, you know, work on Faye there. And you can go around talking to some people while you're there. And there's, there's some really interesting um, dialogue you can get from some of the NPCs here. In the um, cathedral? In the, in the Ethos headquarters, yeah, as you run yeah. around. Because there's, there's a time where they're like, okay, we're going like, to work on him for a bit. And Ellie's like, I'd like to stay behind. And you can kind of go explore a little bit with Saiten and Bart. You just talk to people until Ellie comes and finds you and brings you back. And they're like, he's
1: going to recover. I was wondering what to do. I was trying to prompt. Yeah, actually. actually, I was like, did I not do the right? So I went back and visited all the rooms again and she still wasn't.
0: Yeah. And I kind of like that they push you to do this because some of the NPC dialogue here is very good. Yeah. Um, One of them tells a story of the Tower of Babel. Um, yeah,
1: in a different way though. It's
0: not. It's, the a, li- story. it's a little
1: bit different. But there's actually yeah. like
0: two or three different accounts from different NPCs talking about Tower of Babel, oh, which yeah. makes sense since we're in the area of the Tower of Babel. Sure. At this point. Yeah. The, the um, like Is that what it's called? Yeah, Akaviri region. Yeah. So there was like, there's like um, a kid in the in Billy's orphanage who has you read a book. Then you open it up and it's yes. like Tower of Babel stuff. Yes, that was. That. I read there's that one too. Two NPCs in the Ethos headquarters who refer to this Tower of Babel. Mm. Um, But also, you can actually talk to, um, I forget his name, Bishop Stone, I think, Uh, before you know who he is. So Bishop Stone is the one who sort of ended up raising Billy and bringing him into ethos. But he's in there before you meet him officially, Bishop Stone. (coughs) And he has a line of dialogue where he says, There are too many wells. What are they thinking?
1: I have a Japanese translation for that. Yeah, what did you say? Okay. He doesn't say they. Uh. And this may be true in other places. No, it means the same thing. Uh. But the word they're using is up. Oh, really? It's ue. Yeah, so he says, uh, and it's right here. He says, he doesn't say they. He says, what is, what, uh, here, I I rephrased it here. What are they thinking is, what is the above thinking? Or what are Mm. the above thinking? So in the quotes, it's not they, it's up, it's above. Interesting. So what are what are they thinking referencing up? Now, if you read that in the Japanese, now we already know about the Salarians, but you read that in the Japanese, you would think he was referring to the heavens, to God. Yeah, sure. What what are they thinking the angels? Something like that. Uh, but the the with the translation of they into English, you don't get that at all. And you, we've it's also yeah, clearly referring to some, some some jerk people.
0: But they're also we're starting
1: to learn about Shavat a little bit more. Ah uh, yes. And it's revealed yes,
0: yes. that these reapers, as Billy refers to them, but what are called wells, I have, come from yeah, Shavat. is, yes, is what, that's they, right. what they're saying.
1: That's right. That's right. The mm-hmm. wells come from Shavat Because this is so, the first we've heard of them. So he's right. referring to Shabbat when he says they.
0: Yeah. So there's another NPC that says reapers are humans turned into things by God to pay for their crimes. They're sealed in the cursed land of the, of the heavens, Shavat. And then another uh, person here. They say Babel Tower is connected to Shavat. The exit is under close watch by our people. In spite of that, cursed reapers continue to appear in this land. That's why the eton are here to eliminate them. And then um, Mm -hmm. there's another NPC that talks about how the etons are kind of like the sword and shield uh, of the ethos. So etons are not just like priests. They're also like warrior priests. They have,
1: well, in our this specific one, Billy, yeah. he has like guns. guns. <laughs> yeah, he's a gunslinger.
0: Yeah, exactly. And his dad
1: was, it seems as well. So his, yeah, he
0: kind of learned it from his dad.
1: Yeah. The, the you know, art of gunslinging or whatever you want to call it. reminds me a little bit but of... He, um,
0: he kind of uses that as an etone, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, a lot of good dialogue from those people. Though yes. the, the land is being sort of overrun by these wells or reapers which are attached to this Shabbat country that is another floating city, continent, yes. whatever. Yep. And that is somehow connected to this Tower of Babel thing. Yeah. According to the ethos.
1: As Ellie says, oh, it's always floating at the same elevation all the time. I wonder if that is the elevation of, of that the tower. tower so it it's can, just like they just dock and then that's why they're always at that elevation. Yep. That would Connect and then
0: leave and connect yeah. and leave. And anyways, yeah, we're talking about this all being ancient technology that they're mm-hmm. excavating, right? Oh yeah,
1: one of the priests mentions that. He says, we, uh, we, we priests are here to help people. And then it says you know, like there's a hyphen. It says, to help people and to revive ancient technology. Yeah, both things. <laughs> As if it's like, oh, I think you might be focusing on the latter a little more than the <laughs> former, but that's fine, that's But fine. at
0: the same time, there are a lot of refugees there. In the oh, tongues and the orphanages. The yeah. orphanages
1: run by the ethos. It's got the symbol. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about some of the symbols. The
0: ethos symbol.
1: Yeah, there's a few things here. Um, Because I noticed, because you got Nissan, has the Nissan cross, right? Yeah. You don't think much of it. It's a cross. It's, you know, uh, but it's got some extra things on it that symbolizes light or a source of some emittance, something's emitting. So it's like a light or a sun. That would be a a traditional depiction of the sun would be like a, a cross with another kind of smaller cross in it to the side. Sure. So that way it's just beams of light. Um, and there is some sun imagery that motif kind of shows within the cathedral. If you go up on that, uh, the causeway, the little yep. walkway thing, and yep. you can yep. see. Yeah, I gotta Really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see the cross, and it's just a normal cross with the sun in the middle, which is the source, the emittance, right? And then inside of that, you have their actual symbol, which, but they lose some of the symmetry. I mean, it's bilaterally symmetric, but it's not um, quadrilaterally symmetric. <laughs> 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 Is that the word? I know what you mean. So it's, it's, it's a cross, but at the top, it comes out on the end. And it, it just by looking at it, it looks like the horns of an animal or yeah, something like, like a, that.
0: like a ram or a
1: Yeah, like a ram, like the curved, yeah. um, or like a bighorn sheep or something like that, yes. and the curved um, horns there. And because if it was a bowl, they'd be curved up. And I sure. think that was actually an old alchemic symbol. It had something like that with like wings and some other stuff. Um, but because the cross is often used within alchemy. I mean, it's just a basic geometric shape. Uh, but they lose the quadrilateral <laughs> um, c- symmetry. Cemetery, yeah. And, and but in doing so, it, it, th- there has to be a purpose for it, right? So that top of it uh, has to mean something like specific that the rest of the cross itself doesn't say. And I don't know what that is, but it's I'm just kind of pointing out just what it, yeah. what it, what the symbolism seems to be saying. It's mm. it's telling a story in and of itself. Sure. So is Nissan's. It seems to be just the radiance or something. And right. then this one's telling us something else. And it kind of looks like devil horns, and I hope that that's not where they go with this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's possible It could be. Also, looks like the the, the typical Skyrim helmet from yeah. um, you yeah, know from like King. the early one you get. Yeah, whatever animal that came from. Um, but the symbol is pretty cool, and it's all over the place. Uh, but that's probably the best view you get It's at the top of that cathedral. And then there's a bunch of candles. I counted. There's, like, three candles, and then two and two, and then 12. And I, I don't know if there's significance to this, but there's three candles in the middle, and then there's four on each side, I believe. And then there's 12. Because when, when we talked to the amnesia retrograde amnesia guys yeah. he had mentioned that in Faye's dream with the desert there were specifically 12 people that were walking in the desert in one of his dreams that he saw going and then there are 12 there's a set of 12 candles at the ethos place here so I feel like there's some symbolism there yeah. too because the numbers always mean something the number 3 means something the number 12 always means something and then 7 the 3 with the 4 on the sides is 7 so you got 3 7 and then 12. <laughs> that's like, and then altogether, what is that, 21? I don't think 21 means much. No, no, that's wrong. It's three touchdowns. 19. It's what? <laughs> three touchdowns. <laughs> three touchdowns. That's what it means. <laughs> but 19 doesn't really mean much. But you've got some symbolic numbers here. So I feel like we're going to start seeing what the meaning of that kind of stuff means um, as we go here. You also have the symbolism of the inner court versus the outer court um, in the J- ancient Jewish temples oh, right. where the... The common folk, the unwashed masses, the unanointed, the uninitiated, they stay outside. Yeah, because you have that whole barrier. It's a gate. It's like like a a prison gate. Yeah. Yeah. There's like bars and then it's like, "Mm," and people can come in if only if you're part of the priesthood or if you've been invited, which we were, right? Right. um, it's 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 not just sh- like shut off like don't come in here. It's like we don't trust you to not come in here. We're forcing it shut and locking yeah. it. Yeah, like that's that's a, a different kind of thing than I think the uh, Jewish temple had going. But that is kind of the general idea. It's a separation, which can lead to bad things, I guess, if it, if it goes too long, the people feel separated. If you don't have a way for the uninitiated to become initiated, yeah. then it will lead to people. Corruption. Yeah, it leads to corruption mistrust. and then people not trusting you. That's the biggest thing. Right. Um, so anyways, that's kind of what I wanted to mention there. Um, also, the word, this is great. The word for um, well, wells, mm-hmm. so I was like, what is this? I don't know yeah. what it means. I believe it's, is it German?
0: Well, vel-tall. well means world. But, well is yeah, part of that.
1: And Welt means world. Yeah. But well. But well alone
0: without the t. Yeah.
1: yeah it just it seems it seems weird. It's a, it's kind of a weird word. The word in Japanese, I mentioned this in near a lot, but it's the same kind of thing here. The word in Japanese is not as um, cool, I guess. It's the word is um, shirio, shirio. And if you know, shirio just means it's the kanji for death and then the kanji for spirit. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a ghost, basically. Like it a means reaper. like a, a death spirit, a dead spirit. It's just a ghost. Like a reaper. But here's the other thing. The word for reaper, same word, shirio. So they using the same word. They for use the both same word for both. Although there was a time where they said shirio, and then in quotes said werusu, and then they kind of did a <laughs> katakana thing there. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't check if they say ripaz as well um, in a different context. But the the kanji they're using are the exact same. It's just the kanji for ghost and uh, shirio. Well, there you go. So
0: I, of all the things to prep to talk about in these podcasts, you can't ever think of every single thing. I have not looked into what the significance of the word well is. That'll be something that I will think about maybe for the next one. Okay. Or whenever it becomes more pertinent to the story, when we need to know. Um, The last part here is visiting uh, Billy's Orphanage. There's some cool little things you can get in here, too. Um, Did you bring Rico with you to Billy's Orphanage, or no?
1: I believe he was in my party. Okay. It would have been, So
0: there is... A boy inside Billy's yes, orphanage. I did
1: because I know what you're talking about. Rico yeah. was in my party incidentally, okay. not like I did it on purpose. Yeah. but he you, was in. You my get party. extra
0: dialogue if Rico's with you. Okay, because yeah, well, I guess Saiten could have been with you, but there's okay, there's a couple of things that can that can happen. I think it was if me,
1: Saiten, and Rico. I think it was all. It was the so three, if you
0: go into Allie. Billy's orphanage and you talk to Billy right away. Yeah, it triggers a cutscene where Jesse comes in and Sigurd comes in, and Saiten oh. and, and Sigurd and Jesse all go. Okay, let's go back and have some drinks, and they all leave, and okay. it forces Bart into the party. Oh. Um, so,
1: Wait, anyways, we're talking about something that I didn't think we were talking about. I didn't realize we were talking about this. I thought you were. I thought you were asking if Rico was in my party because of the orphanage. Yes, we we, yes,
0: I am getting to that. Oh. So, what I'm saying is is that who is in your party can be affected by whether or not you talk okay. to Billy first or not. I, I, I don't so remember. If you had not talked to Billy first, you could have Saiten and Rico in your party uh, when you talk to the kid. My whole point is if, I did Rico, talk to the kid first. if Rico is I there, see. you I get see. extra dialogue. Okay, cool. But when I played, Saiten was not in the party because Saiten uh, left with Jesse first, and Sigurd before go, you
1: explored. Right. Uh, That's what okay. I'm trying to say. I see, I see.
0: Good to know. Anyways, uh, so. While Jesse takes Sigurd and Saiten back to the ship to you know tell stories, mm. old war, war stories or whatever, and pal around and drink, <laughs> so uh, funny. Uh, you can go into that room with the kid who has a bell and he rings that yeah, bell, yeah. and it's the same bell that you used, the same bell sound that you used to draw Redrum into fight yes. you, um, or Redrum into fight you in the sewers of Nortune of D Block. He then reveals that, you know, the ethos, you know, kind of like was taking care of him or whatever. Um, I'll put the exact words on the screen. Well, he says his
1: dad wanders and forgets things just like he does. They're two peas in a pod. But he said that his dad went to go find the ethos for something and then just never came back. And never came back. And what he says, I looked this up in Japanese too, he says, well... Uh, what is it, shikata ganai, which is like, eh, what, what What can you do? Like, he, he got must have gotten lost, that silly guy.
0: Yeah. And But then you have the bell that his father would have yes. had because they had matching bells. And he's like, wait, where did you get that? Yeah. And this is where Rico realizes that was this kid's dad that so, we fought in the sewers of...
1: Yeah. And so when Satan was like, oh, we give him a proper burial because he was technically human... In well, some because way, right? I'll, I'll
0: take you back to what the the NPC said in the Ethos headquarters. Reapers are humans yes, turned into things by God to pay for their crimes. Oh,
1: that's interesting. I hadn't made that connection. In fact, that was before I had left, though, to go yeah. to the orphanage. So that makes sense. So it says that he went to the Ethos. <clears throat> and I did kind of connect, like, okay, the Ethos... May have had something to do with turning him into the, the Red Rim. Yeah, the monster. But I didn't know it was that explicit. And they say that he must have committed a crime. Well, but they, they connect this to God Shavat, was the one but that did God this. God
0: does this to humans. Yeah, so reapers so it, are humans.
1: It means that they found some crazy technology that makes people crazy. And they think it's from the gods. And they use it to punish people in order to, I don't, that's the part I don't know, the last part. I don't know why they're doing why it, they're but doing they're doing it. it. Does this, so I also gathered that that is, so that is what the Reapers are, so it seems like they created the Reapers?
0: Well, they're, they're connecting it to Shavat somehow, so they say yes. they're sealed in the cursed land of the heaven, Shavat. But all so he says they, really is that reapers are humans turned into so, things by God. So, the,
1: their so these people get cursed, and then they go to live with Shavat in the peoples of Shavat. But also, <laughs> it seems,
0: yeah, it, that's what's supposed to happen. But then, the, remember, Bishop Stone had said there are too many wells. What are they thinking? The above, what are they thinking?
1: Shavat. So what's Shavat thinking? Why are there so many wells down here? They shouldn't be down here. Why are they sending their wells Why are
0: wells, why are we being overrun by wells? Yeah. Why are, because the Etones are fighting them, right? That's what Billy is sent to do in this last, where we left off in the the PlayStation, was we go to the ship where wells had overrun our ship. And so wells are humans that have been transformed into these reapers, right? Um, and the Etones are fighting them, and this is a connection to Shavat somehow. Yeah. And this kid's dad was turned into a well, and then found its way, for whatever reason, into the D block sewers. Mm-hmm. But was was not attacking us. It did not even approach us until we used the bell, which means which that is that's my son.
1: It thought it was his kid. He yeah. thought it was his son. Yeah. And and, and we had the it. bell, and he was like how'd you get my son's bell? Yes. That's why he was one He would fight us. Because and his, he would think that we killed whatever, his son and took his bell.
0: With whatever intelligence was left, right? Because that's what Saiten mentions. Yeah. There, there was a semblance of intelligence left. So with whatever was left of it, it knew its son's bell sound. Yeah. It went toward it, but then found these imposters, and then what is it going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's still in like a monster, half human, half monster. Yeah state mentally, you know, its reaction to that. So anyways, we killed this kid's dad. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy. <laughs> and <clears throat> anyways, what you bring, uh, this was, oh oh two things I wanted to point out about Primera. Um, she doesn't speak, right. however, there's two instances, this is one and then there was the one earlier with Jesse, where she, she, they show her like approaching or facing somebody, going dot, 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 and then that person just kind of knows Yes, yes, I remember that. It's almost like telepathic. Yeah. Now, another thing that I looked into was, I I might be wrong on my um, assumption here, that Primera has this uh, telepathic ability. It really seemed like that to me, the way that the scenes play it out. But like on the Xenosaga wiki, it doesn't mention that she has that power. So... Maybe, maybe that's not the case here. Maybe it's just that she's stepping up and Jesse is reading an expression on her face and knows what she means. Maybe there's not some kind of telepathic ability going on here. It just came across that way to me in these two scenes. And so, you know, I kind of assumed maybe a similar thing was going on here. Um, But anyways, what I'm saying here about Prim might not actually be correct. Jesse was giving Ellie a really hard time, or whatever, and then Primera gets in the way and looks at him and says nothing, and goes, Mm. all right, she was trying to help, I get it, and he backs off. So it was like Primera stopped him from being aggressive Hmm. towards Ellie, like told him to back off, but without saying anything. Here, she's in that room with the boy, Mm. and as the boy is upset, you know, like oh, like my father, he'll never right, come he's back. Pretty he's pretty upset. He's, he's all mad that his father abandoned him. Or, yeah. it, but then Primera s- kind of steps up and dot, dot, dot. And then he goes, but thank you for bringing my bell back to me. This makes yes. me feel better.
1: I thought that was a weird change, but I didn't realize the connection with Primera at all.
0: Yeah, because she's there, and, and she'll just kind of step that. in every once in a while, not say anything, but people will change their temperament. All interesting. Over
1: the That's some. very interesting. So okay.
0: something's going on with her. Hmm. Um, so anyways, you go back and forth between the, the Yggdrasil and the orphanage. Um, you see Sigurd and Sighthand, like struggling to entertain uh, Jesse, who's just He's like... He's crazy. He's just walking back
1: and forth between the two, just laughing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and keeps them drinking or whatever. And Sigurd doesn't drink. He can't hold his liquor well. and so he But he does faints. take a few,
1: and yeah, he faints.
0: <laughs> but then you go back to the orphanage again, and Billy tells you about his background. He tells you about how... You know, his dad left when he was a little kid.
1: Yeah, and then the guy, the priest, Bishop... Saved them from wells who came and killed their mother. You kind of see the whole story, too. Yeah,
0: and then eventually Billy's dad comes back, but he, like, doesn't really recognize him. His personality is grating. He had been, by Bishop Stone, sort of reared into
1: the ethos now. He has a lot of faith. His father exhibits no faith. Well, However, it, it is heavily implied that his father used to also be an ethos... Uh, work for the ethos in some way be a priest or a, an eton or something like that that the Jesse was a man of faith very much involved oh, like with in the, the ethos before <clears throat> yeah. uh, but it, like I don't know I it, I don't know if the implications are that he was a priest or not but he had, at the very least was very much involved with the ethos and then well, after Gebbler, he left for however long
0: Gebler and ethos are working together sort of it's like eth- I guess ethos is not necessarily working with Gebler, but ethos is excavating technology and giving them to either Ave or Kislev to use in their war against each other. Yeah. They're sort of manipulating the balance of power there in the same way that Gebler is also doing that, right? They're all trying to keep that war going yeah. and keep the sides balanced. Yep, yep. Um, the equilibrium. Right. So, anyways, uh, you get a nice little scene there between Billy and Jesse when he comes back from drinking and it's late at night he says, you're gonna wake the children. He's like, uh, like yeah. you're
1: too freaking, uh, you're too uptight. You gotta quit that job. <laughs> yes. You gotta stop being a priest. I'm telling and you. That's what Jesse always tells Billy: is stop being a priest. In fact, no, no. Jesse is actively fighting against the ethos, like all the time. In fact, um, there was a moment at the cathedral where somebody walks up to Billy yeah, and was, like, was like, like, "Your, dad's your, your dad, your dad, like bombed some place, and it's like trying to kill people again." And Billy's like, "Dang it! Can't my dad realize that I want to be a priest?" and that he's ruining it for me, basically, yeah. and then Jesse comes in. He's like, "You got to quit your job." And Billy fights him really hard. He's yeah. just like, "Don't say my mom's name. Don't like I don't even not believe real dad. You're my dad." Yeah. And then in the end, um, Jesse's like, "Fine, I'm a total stranger, but take it from me, quit your job. You don't know what you're getting <laughs> you into. You
0: have no idea yeah. who you're
1: involved with." But right. but Jesse, at this, by the same token, Jesse won't tell Billy. Yeah. anything of the secrets that he knows. He's just well, drunk and saying, Get, quit your job, but part he won't of that say anything. probably
0: is because he knows Billy won't believe him anyways.
1: Ah, maybe that's a good like,
0: point. Like, Billy wants nothing to do with him. Why would yeah. he trust what Jesse has to say about the ethos Why, instead of Bishop Stone, who's like yeah. his actual father. Friend, right, who right? Fe-
1: appears to be more like that, yeah. So,
0: anyways, good scene there. I liked that a lot. But uh, eventually, yeah, Bishop Stone a- comes to the orphanage and all the kids are like, yay, Bishop Stone. And he tells him, hey, there's a, a ship nearby, and this is something Sigurd had picked up on like sonar or something. Um, th- there's th- it's a ship that's been overrun by Wells. Will you go take care yeah. of it? Because your it's your job as an eton, right? So he's like, okay, I'll go or I'll go. And you know, Ellie and Bart are like, let us go with you, and he's like, No, this has nothing to do with you. And he's like, Yeah, just let us help you. And he ends up you end up talking to him a little bit uh, again, and he, he divulges some more information about how. For a while, he was considering selling his body to, like, take care of his sister.
1: Yeah. Um, Bart, they got into some specifics that made me think that he did. Well, he, he said did. he
0: almost he almost came
1: to that. Are you sure? Because I swear sh- he I'm, said... No, at first I'm he said, sure. it almost. I almost did that. And then Bart is like, what? That's crazy. And he's like, well, I mean, for... What was it? 3,000 well, like, gold He's they, they were night? going
0: to offer me... It was very tempting. Here, I'll look at him.
1: Ah, something for me showed to me that he was like, yeah, I even, I ended up doing this. Like, <laughs> I was like, I even thought about this and then, yeah, I, I did it a few times, right? Okay, almost, almost, almost sold your body sold your is what body. he says at first. Okay. Almost sold your body. And then so this that, Prim still
0: prefers the father she never knew, the one who suddenly appeared out of nowhere. Um, almost sold your body, don't, know, don't you know, kid? There's things you can get back once sold. And there are things you just can't. Bart's pissed. Couldn't you see that? Of course, I refrained. But they
1: said they'd give me ah. three thousand for one night. Then you're right. You're, you're right. You fool. Listen,
0: next time you and your sister need help, you. I refrained.
1: I that's the that's the line that <clears throat> I didn't quite. So, okay, you're right. So, anyways, he almost. He almost got to
0: that level, but this is when you know Bishop Stone, you know, stepped in and helped out. Yeah. Um. But anyways, uh, you you learn more about Billy's backstory and and you get the tutorial on how his guns work and stuff. (laughs) Um, I don't know, I like Billy, he's a cool character. We'll probably talk more about him in future episodes because we don't know him super well yet. But we know a little bit of his backstory at this point. Um, But you go with him to that ship and this is kind of where we decided to leave off. So I, I basically got up all the way to the point where right before you fight the boss and I saved.
1: But um, Oh, I didn't get nearly that far.
0: Okay, so did you just go to the first safe <laughs> point? Yeah, I just the, went to the first. In not, that
1: room, you turn on the light. and then, I'm not that much further ahead.
0: Oh, okay. It's okay. like, it's a short dungeon. Oh, so cool. Well, good. You'll climb a couple ladders and do some things, and then you'll, okay. you'll be basically where right. It's like maybe five minutes apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's really close. But that's where we left off for this week, so that's the end of today's uh, podcast. Um, oh, Sick. I will leave again uh, in the pinned comment where to play up to for the next episode um, because I've not determined that yet, because we're trying to determine, can we squeeze in a little more in each playthrough so that we can finish this in 15 to 16 episodes instead of 20 20 or 22? Yeah. So um, I'm trying to determine that, but there will be some points where, because right now, in the midst of the plot, things are moving faster and there's not like a ton to break down necessarily. In terms of the philos uh, the philosophical references, yeah, there's less of that and religious references. Yeah, uh, it's more just kind of you know analyzing scene by scene, you know how we like this and that. So this is moving a little faster in the middle section of the story, but as we get towards the end of disc one, it's going to start getting really heavy with the referential material again. So those we'll have to take more time on. So I will, um, I'll see what I can do to squeeze a little bit more game into each episode, so we can get through this in the next five or six. Uh, episodes. Cool. But otherwise, right now, we're pretty much at about the halfway point of the game. Sick. So we're on the back half of the story now. Um, and things are going to start getting really crazy. Sick. Really crazy soon. I mean, it's going to get... Can't wait. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm very excited. Um, but until next week, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you again soon. Peace out.